Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, New Zealand. Welcome into Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Your Monday morning, 21st of November. Sammy sitting in for Izzy alongside Kempi. Kempi, I, mate, I don't even know where to start, to be honest. I've got a, I've got a document here that goes about 10 pages no, of all the sport over the week. It's the breakfast show, mate. We're yeah, the big time. That's the big yeah, time, yeah, mate. Yeah. yeah, it didn't come from you, though. <laughs> Cut it out, Sam. Mate, it's so, too uh, early to be running it straight, sir. It is. It is. It's a special Monday edition of running it straight. Next three hours, uh, we're going to talk a lot of sport over the next three hours, of course. Uh, your involvement, welcome. On double eight double three. you can jump on the phone as well anytime, 0800 150 uh, We've got rugby. We've got the FIFA World Cup underway. Currently halftime between uh, Cutterdeal and Ecuador. 2-0 at halftime in favour of Ecuador. Um, Lydia Ko currently tied for first in the CME Group Tour Championship, the final event of the LPGA for the year. She's 15 under. She's actually tied for first, so battling it out with uh, Maguire from Ireland. Um, yeah, plenty of rugby internationals. The All Blacks drawing 25 all with England. Plenty of chat around that to be had this morning. Uh, rugby League World Cup finals, men's and women's. Uh, we had trampolinists winning world championships. We have... Uh, 
Motorsport, Liam Lawson uh, winning the sprint race in Abu Dhabi in Formula 2, then getting a podium third in the feature race to finish out that season. We've had the uh, the A-League. We've had cricket as well. Just too much, Kempi. Where were your eyes glued to over the weekend, mate? Well, obviously the World Cup finals were the, the big ones with the Aussies and Samoans and seeing all the flags out on, uh, on Auckland streets and still yesterday um, out on my walk, Many uh, Samoan flags out, still celebrating the the fact that Samoa made it into the World Cup final. Uh, disappointing from my my um, for me in and around that uh, Aussies really didn't get out of second gear. Mm. I thought I thought um, you know the final. Obviously, New Zealand played Aussie the week before was really what should have been played, um, but you know, they just couldn't get up for it. Samoa, you know, just I think the percentage rates were down around seventy percent for the World Cup final. So, um, although although Australia didn't get out of second gear, they still done it quite easily. And of course, the Wahine, um, the Australian Jillaroo's doing it quite easy against the Kiwi fans, and that one was a real surprise for me because I thought that they'd actually have a have a decent dig. Yeah, um, you know, and talked just talked about really completing their sets, but well, they couldn't complete anything because they just didn't want to tackle. And a lot of the tries that the Jewellers scored were they'd look at those a lot of those girls and go they just weren't there um, when the time counted in the in, on the biggest stage when you're playing in a final for a World Cup. So uh, watch the All Blacks went through that. That was really interesting. Um, I like twenty five went through that. Put yourself through that. Oh uh, yeah, twenty five six <laughs> with ten minutes to go. You think you shut it out, you know? But you know, as a referee, yes. I think one one of the one of the biggest learnings from this is is the World Cup next year is a referee is going to have a big hand in a say and who's going to win that World Cup because um, you don't know what you're getting week in week out from the referees that are in the middle of the park. So there was that. Uh, obviously, Lydia Lydia Ko, like you said, started off well, um, still battling it out there. Our golfers have been absolutely on fire yeah. um, this year, and of course the World Cup, the Soccer World Cup. With uh, Ecuador kicking off against against Qatar, what are they two 0 up already? Ecuador uh, at half time. So, mate, there's just I don't I don't know. Everywhere you look, it yeah. looks like there's another World too, Cup playing. Too, too many screens to keep your eyes on. Uh, we'll talk with Drew Derbyshire after seven o'clock on the uh, Rugby League World Cup. Uh, we'll also catch up with uh, Sam Roberts, a Premiership Rugby commentator and writer. Talk uh, through that England All Blacks game after eight o'clock. We will talk some FIFA World Cup, and uh, we're hoping to catch up as well with Dylan Schmidt, who did win uh, at the World Champ. Of course, a bronze medalist at the Olympics last year and uh, picking up the world champs. He is a phenomenal young talent. Um, so hopefully catch up with Dylan as well. Just uh, back to the World Cup, though, um, Kempe. It was good to see Old Trafford sold out, though, to be honest. We talked with Gary Schofield last Wednesday and he thought that maybe the English fans wouldn't turn up, you know, given that England wasn't wasn't in there and they'd already bought their tickets. He thought, look, guys, don't expect a, a packed house. But it was packed. Which was, you know, that that's a good result, and and of course it was awesome to see Samoa there. We know how much uh, that means to their community. We, we saw it on the streets in Auckland, but you know, the the final win away in, in many ways was last week, wasn't it, between the Kiwis mm. and the Kangaroos? And if you had had that game as the final, you probably would have been quite happy as a as a rugby league fan. I think as a purist, you would have loved loved to see that though. They're definitely the two best teams in the competition um, on that side of the draw. England would obviously have liked to see the English men and. And roses in the in the finals, uh, which was unfortunate. But like every event that's played over in England, you got you got Wembley, um, you got the grand final played at, at Old Trafford. It doesn't really matter. Anyone uh, who's an English fan loves supporting rugby league. If they bought a ticket, they'd go along and support it. So it was good to see them pack it out. Um, and you're dead right about Samoa, though. You know, donning the flags all over New Zealand uh, in the support. 
to um, hopefully get the job done. I was speaking to John Schuster last night and just did a Zoom call with him up in the islands and he was basically saying, you know, it's just gone crazy up there with the rugby league and, and what's happening on the world stage. And already, you know, made a comment a couple of weeks ago, Sam, about the eligibility rules changing the state of origin because of this World Cup. And Freddie Fittler came out yesterday, I think it was on Friday morning, him and uh, Joey John sitting down and Freddie saying, look, uh, Kiwis, New Zealanders and um, Pacific Islanders need to have the eligibility rules changed so we don't lose state of origin. So it's already starting to happen. Uh, I think it's, you know, one thing about the World Cup, I'm pretty disappointed that the Kiwis uh, didn't compete. You know, the women in the final, they didn't really compete and the men didn't make it to the final. I think it was a real disaster from the New Zealand perspective because we were the best team there. Mm. Uh, I talked about it yesterday at Fujitsu when I did a breakfast with the Fujitsu team on behalf of N- uh, SENZ and, and basically just said, you know, like, we just didn't, uh, I guess, have that two percent extra of uh, on the day. We should have, we should have really shut Australia out. And I think this was a World Cup that got away from us. You know, not one that you know. The last time we won in two thousand eight, we were never going to pick to win it. Yeah. Okay. And and but this time, I think you've got to be pretty disappointed that we didn't bring it home. So the question, Kempi, is if you're going to allow internationals to play in state of origin, obviously you've got to change the name because it's not going to be state of origin. It's not going to be New South Wales and Queensland. So. Would you just scrap it all together and just have an international window? Well, why not, think, why not get that, more international yeah, rugby league? You know, if we're just going to get the best players playing against each other, why not push them back into their international teams yeah. and just have them playing more regularly? The, well, the, the biggest problem with that is that the NRL is actually an AFL model, so it's all about club land, and they'd be quite happy playing one one series a year, and that's state of origin. You know, so at the end of the year, the AFL they go up to Ireland and they play. A hybrid game up there. Um, they don't play internationals, obviously, because it's a uh, a game really that's only been played in in Australia. Um, and rugby league take the sort of same uh, methodology in the way that they think is that well, we only want to play NRL football. We don't really want to play any more than state of origin. So clubs don't release their players. That's the biggest issue that you got. And until the international body actually has some teeth in the in the game, and especially with the players, see the players will determine through the um, the collective the CBA collective bargaining agreement whether or not international football should be a window. But you you just the clubs basically say no, we don't want our players to play, and they just pull them out left, right, and centre, and get, try and get them prepared for the year um, following the, the their competitions. Uh, oh look, I think I think they can live side by side, Sam. I think you know it is a progression. You're dead right. State of origin, state of heritage. Probably now, okay. I, I think the branding's going to be the pretty much the same because it's a massive brand. It's worth close to thirty million dollars a year to New South Wales and Queensland. Mm. Um, but you can't have a state of origin if the best talent aren't playing in it. Yeah, well, there and there are a lot of players that have been playing state of origin that wouldn't be, you know, that would be pulled well, away. Well, this year you already look, you, you know, you look at the the Samoan team. You know, Luai, you'd say would probably make the Australian side. Um, Crichton would probably make the Australian side. Papali mate is an Australian player, you know. Uh, Valent- you know the, the likes of Valentine Holmes and that. What happens if they go back to the Cook Islands? Mm. You know, what happens if Latrell Mitchell gets an Indigenous side and him and Ado Car? You know what I mean? They go, they go to an Indigenous side. So it's it's sort of it can get stronger, but until the International Federation actually have some teeth. They, mate, they just they're going to get stood but, on all the time by, yeah, the, and, by the by the NRL, and they have to capitalise on what has sort of been the the most, um, you know, I don't know, 
interesting. Will Cup, it certainly has had the most public interest because of more competitiveness, obviously more teams that had a shot. Um, although you know it doesn't seem like that in the end with Australia winning like they always do. But you know we had Samoa there, we had Tonga, England was competitive. We had a few sprinklings of you know PNG at Fiji, Fiji just about got home. Fiji, so um, you know they got to build on that like the like the um, like the Black Ferns. You know they have to build on on what has been a pretty successful World Cup um, and keep on developing. Just just back to the final. Do you think Samoa like what went wrong for them? Do you think maybe they? Getting to the final was almost where they had used all their, I guess, emotion, and, and once get, you know they'll just let, let it get to them a little bit when they finally got there. Because uh, I mean, getting there was is the achievement, right? And that's what yeah. the Samoan community is celebrating—the fact that they are actually there. You know, no one was expecting them to beat Aussie, but you know, do you think maybe that's why they didn't perform Sunday morning? No, look, I just don't think they had the class. To be brutally honest, I think on that other, that other side of the the draw, the England Samoa um, Tonga draw is the weaker side of the draw. And you know when they got up there, like if you have a look at Milford, you have a look at Harris Tavita, you know Danny Levi had to come home. Mm. You have a look at their spine, um, all all but probably probably uh, Suwali stepped up to the plate, mate. They'd be ranked four, five, maybe even further down the list as halves and hookers in the competition. So you 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 look at their you look at their spine alone and it comes up against Munster. Cleary Cleary couldn't have had a better game, seriously. Three try assists. Um, stepped up to the plate, had a week from hell as far as the media going, saying, when's Nathan Cleary actually going to play in this Australian jersey? And then comes out and says, there you go. That's why I'm in the final. Um, and I just I just think they were outclassed. And it was it was always, you know, people were picking 20 points, um, a better team, the Australians. Oh, to, to be brutally honest, I actually thought they were way better than that. They, mm. could, have, they could put another 20 points on them whenever they wanted to. Um, but the, the thing about Samoa, for me, it wasn't really about making – making the final, it was the journey to get to the final. And the journey to get to the final started with Jason Tomalolo when he decided to come out of New Zealand and play for, play yeah, for, back in 2017. Play for Tonga. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, oh, okay, maybe we should do, try and do that. And then the Samoan boys go, well, if they can do that to Tonga in their country, let's see if we can emulate it. And, of course, what happened? Well, it's gone blue out here in Auckland. Yeah. You know, they stopped, they stopped traffic in Samoa. Australia's gone nuts around, you know, you've got to think about Penrith will be the biggest beneficiaries of this out at West Sydney. Um, every kid now wanting to play rugby league is a Pacific Island heritage out there in West Sydney. Penrith's just gone and put another 10 years on top of the NRL trophy. So yeah. I, I think the journey to the final was probably the most captivating part of it for me. And hopefully we are going to see, you know, if we don't see a Pacific Cup down here in New Zealand next year, there's something wrong, definitely something wrong. I don't have no faith in our national body pulling that off, and the International Federation should have already secured it and announced it directly after the World Cup. So, you know, there's no no foresight. Um, we missed the Tongan one, because the Tongan one should have been a New Zealand-Tonga test series every year. We missed that. Now, are they going to miss this one? Because now Samoa stepped up and have a Pacific Cup. I remember JT when he made that decision, the outcry from New Zealand fans who were you know, very annoyed that he was leaving New Zealand. But really, he has been the trailblazer and he, you know, by all means, uh, is going to be looked back at, I think, being the, the catalyst to why all these players have decided to go home. Um, Kempi, uh, the All Blacks, a very disappointing end. Well, I think a very disappointing end to their season. Um, I actually thought that they would lose at Twickenham. I said that before the season started. I sort of looked at the schedule and I thought, end of the, end of the long tour um, at Twickenham against an English side, that just, you know, looks like a banana skin game. For the first <laughs> 60 minutes, 
probably the best 60 minutes we've seen all year from the All Blacks, to be honest, Kempe. I mean, refereeing aside, because that game was so stop-start, far too many penalties. I mean, yes, right now was referring to the law of the game and so the calls were correct but yet like rugby can't turn into that otherwise you know if you were a new fan watching that game Kempi I reckon you would have turned off it was just so stop start complicated and just too yeah, frustrating too convoluted and too frustrating and so the All Blacks I think play very well under those circumstances for 60 minutes but then the last 20 just completely fell away and that is to me, uncharacteristic of the All Blacks, Kempi, and yeah. to end in a draw, I mean that is a loss in my mind. And you know, in terms of the season, it sort of does sum up their season in a way. It'd be very up and down, very inconsistent. One week good, the next week bad. And I don't think I don't. You know, I'm not sure Fozzie after the game saying that you know that the team's building well for the World Cup next year. I'm not sure that is the, the greatest preparation. No, and, he, and of course he's got to say that. He's not going to come out and say, well, I'm really disappointed with that. We let, we let a 15-point lead slip away in the last uh, last nine minutes and end up with a draw. And could have lost it if they didn't kick the ball out in the end and, and went for it. Um, I'd be disappointed too. I'd be really disappointed. Um, I think I think you're dead right. Some of the football early on was really good. I, personally, for me, I think the turning point was when Cody Taylor, he threw the ball in the line out and, and back-to-back penalties, um, our decisions against him, and you could see the frustration on his face. Mm. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, you, you've got to get rid of that. But uh, Raynell was terrible, mate. Like, I think that I think if you go back to the Australian decision and around the time wasting, now he's a textbook referee, and common sense went out the window. Yeah. Like the one when he got the English winger for being offside, um, when he carried the football from the from the ruck, I went back to it. I went, mate, no one in the world saw that. <laughs> well, what about the the kick directly into touch from uh, Caleb Clark, and they call Rico Wani offside. It went straight into touch. Um, it had nothing to do with the plate. The thing is, unbelievable. That, that's why the rules are open to interpretation, Kempi, is because there needs to be, as you said, a bit of common sense, a bit of game management to make sure that the game's flowing back and forth. A referee, in my mind, it's not their job to pick up every little detail. And that just seemed like what Raynell was doing. It was well, like he's trying to prove a point. It stops the flow in the ebb of the game. And, you know, momentum swings are so massive in, in international sport that if you can get on – like, they were just on a roll. And, of course, what you saw was that stoke momentum swing back to the English in the last 10 minutes. And you couldn't stop it. If it went for another five minutes, we lose. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, give us your thoughts on that, Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven as well. Happy to take your calls on the All Blacks or on the uh, Rugby League World Cup. Uh, but we also want to talk about the Football World Cup, which is underway this morning. First game between Qatar and Ecuador. It is 2-0 to Ecuador, currently 55 minutes into that game. And there is a lot of chat, of course, around uh, the fact that this World Cup's even being hosted in Qatar. But the football is now underway. And... Uh, I think we'll have our can't wait question of the day. I'm going to throw this one to Joey Bell. Can't Kempe. wait question of the day. Look out. How are we going, Off boys? Off the long run up, eh? Morning, morning. First hit up of the day, Kempe. <laughs> yes, the rat is back. Don't worry, everyone. <laughs> Louis will be back tomorrow, but this is my final day on the mic. And I want to, I want to chuck out a can't wait question of the day. Um, it's something that I'm quite passionate about. I think that we all like to think that you know, we're good people and that we care about the politics at the end of the day. But my question to you is, will the controversy around this FIFA World Cup impact your enjoyment of it? Or once it gets underway, will the football come to the forefront and and in, and in your mind, the issues will just be pushed to the side? Mm, that's a great question. Great question, given the context of what we're looking at here with the World Cup, Kempi. Um, so double eight, double three, let us know your thoughts. Can't wait, question of the day. Good one there from Joey. Uh, yeah. Now that the football's underway, because so much 
controversy in the lead up and we're talking not even just the last few months we're talking years that this has gone on um, the fact that Qatar even got the hosting rights if you can go and watch that Netflix doco FIFA Uncovered you'll learn a lot about um, how they ended up getting the rights it's very interesting but now that football's underway it's, it's a good question do, do people just forget it for the next month Kempe you know they've got I don't know how many games there are on, but biggest biggest event in the world, world. and now they're just playing sport for ninety minutes. Is that enough to to detract or to you know detract from the controversy? It's a great question. I'll tell you what, we'll take a break. You think about it for the next couple of minutes, Kempi. We'll get your thoughts after this. 26 minutes past six here on SCNZ. Uh, Sammy Hewitt sitting in for Izzy, uh, who has the day off. Uh, call any time on the Kenan Tire phone line 0800 or give us a text on the Temper Bed Post text machine 8833. We're talking uh, the can't wait question of the day, which is whether or not the football now takes precedence at the Football World Cup or if the politics are just going to be a little bit too much. Uh, Kempi, I had a little dive into social media over the weekend and there's quite a few you know, passionate uh, football fans, or I'm assuming they're football fans, who are very anti this World Cup mm. because it's in Qatar and 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 won't watch it. You know, are boycotting it, um, which I you know I do find interesting. It, it's I think easy once you see it on TV, the games are underway to just look at it as a game of football. You know, two teams playing for ninety minutes, but it is underneath an incredible backdrop, which. You know, I think it's going to be just talked about throughout the whole competition. Mm. Yeah, no, they they haven't hit the ground running, have they? Banning like um, having a beer at the World Cup. Yeah, banned that a couple of days all ago. The LGBT community up in arms around the way that they're, they're behaving um, in that community. You know, it, it has taken some of the shine off it. But once you know, for me, Sam, and I'm a World Cup tragic. You mm. know, like. I've followed the the, the, the Graham Soonesses and all those through when they, they were coming through in the 80s and watched that World Cup run. Um, so watching our, our team try and get there is a good thing. But the English I've always supported because I played up there as well. So the Gaza Gascoins and um, Glenn Hoddles, when they had it, you, go, you look at Beckham and Southgate when he missed that, that shot at penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, even to last year when they got locked out of the semifinals against Croatia. Yep, um, I was watching that up yeah. in... Up in Venice Beach, of all places, um, on a trip through America yeah. the last time the World Cup was on. So, on your rollerblades. Yeah, at the muscle, yeah, at the muscle, muscle gym. Beach, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I love the soccer. I yeah, love so, the, what, so I, the football for you is. The football's the, you, what I'm watching. You're going to get into it. Because I love it. Yeah. I love watching the Germans play. I love watching the Spanish play. I think that Portugal's, Brazil's, you know, I th- I'm, I'm picking Brazil to win it. I think Brazil have got, got the team to win it this year. Um, but there's always a smoky that comes through yes, through the semis, is. quarters, and semis mm-hmm. stages, and, and there's just, always a big name that misses out as well. That'll that'll 100%. either not make it out of the group or will get knocked out very quickly. Yeah, I think that's Portugal. You think so? I think so. I reckon Belgium might be a sneaky chance not to make it out of their group. I think they've got Morocco in there, mm. and I think Morocco might be a, a dark dark chance. It's, it's interesting, Kimby, because um, you know politics and sport. We we see it across every every code. You know, does inadvertently intertwine and there are so many different examples of sport you know having a shady element to it um and even in football i mean you know there's a lot of chat around the premier league man city and newcastle who are obviously owned by big saudi funds and we know the human rights abuses Mm. that happen in that country so it it is always there it's funny that it's really come up with this qatar thing and we're going to talk a little bit more about this after eight o'clock because i watched that uh, documentary over the weekend fifa uncovered on netflix it's it's worth a watch it's four episodes and it just details um the world cup bids for russia and qatar Mm. and when you watch it and you see it all laid out you really do 
get a sense of how on earth they gave this World Cup to Qatar is beyond anyone. They, they fit none of the criteria. They had no infrastructure. They had no stadiums. Bigger briefcase. Um, they had a big briefcase. That's basically <laughs> it. I mean, the US was bidding for it as well. And, and universally, everyone said the US had the best bid, right? Mm. They've got the big stadiums. They've got all the infrastructure. They've got the hotels. They've got the cities. The key thing for them, they've got the market, right? That's a market that FIFA wants to tap into, get that North American market. And, and you you know, if you capture America, a lot of money there as well. Um, so they were... You know they were dumbfounded that they didn't win the bid. So um, there's just so much controversy around it, and, and I'd love to you know speak to a few football journos throughout the World Cup and just get a sense of you know how they're covering it, whether or not it's like got a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth as they're trying to cover it off at the same time. I think a really good quote came out from uh, is it Sharp? I think his name's Sharp. Is it Tim Sharp? Is the former Finnish footballer who came out and said, "Look, for 90 minutes, enjoy the football." And he said this to the players and the coaches for 90 minutes, enjoy the football. You know, get them behind your country, um, wear the jersey with pride, play your hearts out. Outside of that 90 minutes, kick up a stink, tweet about it, talk mm. about it, give it to Qatar, give it to FIFA for this decision. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of separating the two in a way, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's and that's dead right. You know, and there will be, Sam, plenty of socials going on through this um, tournament, you know. So... Would, like it's the this game Qatar Ecuador's the opening game. Like was that the best way to open a tournament? Well, they well generally the the um, hosts will open the tournament, but often they will play at the same time as other games, or there will be other games on the same night. Qatar basically, you know, they'll make it out as it was this like amicable decision. But the but the story is that Qatar basically went to FIFA and said we want the Qatar game to be the only game, and we wanted a day ahead of everything else. So they had to move basically the opening day of the World Cup for today. So the World Cup's now, I think, 29 days instead instead of 28. It pushed around all the other start times because mm. Qatar was supposed to play at a certain time. So that sort of just shows the power that they've got, doesn't it? It um, does. That they could just move the opening game. But here they are. They, they're in a 2-0 hole to Ecuador. I mean, Qatar, that's the other thing, is not a good football team, really. Um, watching this game, they are they hardly in it, um, even though it's only 2-0. 67 minutes gone. Um, but love your thoughts. Double eight, double three. Um, if you've got any thoughts on the World Cup, whether or not you are just going to throw yourself into it like you always do, or whether it's got a little bit of a sour taste for you and, and maybe you're staying away or you're boycotting it. Double eight, double three, or you can give us a call on 0800 150 The can't wait question of the day. Uh, we'll come back with some of your texts. But here's Araha for the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> Morning, it's 26 to 7, you're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, Sammy in the house filling in for Izzy, Joe here for Louie, don't worry, he'll be back tomorrow, you won't have to block your ears anymore. It's time for the Bunnings Trade Sports Update at Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade. Uh, the boys were just talking about uh, ethics with the World Cup, well Gareth Southgate has come out and said that his England players will take the knee before Monday's World Cup opener against Iran. It's something that they've been doing since the death of George Floyd in 2020 uh, as a sign of, um, uh, as a gesture against uh, racism. And Southgate said, it's what we stand for a team, as a team, and have done for a long period. We feel this is the biggest and strongest statement we can make for young people around the world. 
in particular to see that inclusive, inclusivity is important, which is obviously... Oh, sorry, boys, I'm very tired. Which is obviously... It's a big word to, to throw out inclusive, at us at 635, Joey. Inclusivity. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Inclusivity? <laughs> Inclusi- inclusivity? <laughs> no, I can't do it. I can't. Uh, you sound like Doc Van Prague. <laughs> Uh, inclusivity inclusivity yeah yeah I'm like the Saudi is there like, another word we can we'll try and think of another word that's a bit shorter for you Joey for that oh okay but you did well okay included well, included yeah they, they want to they they make everyone feel included there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, Althea boys, Ryan Fox finished 19th at the DP World Tour Championships in Dubai. It was taken out by John Rahm, Rory McIlroy. He ended the year as European number one um, with an impressive performance. As Araha said, New Zealand were bundled out for 126 um, last night against India. Kane Williamson scoring half our run, so... Good on him, but yeah, pretty bad from the boys. And you've got an update for, about Lydia Ko? I do. Uh, she is currently through five holes, round four of the CME Group Tour Championship. Through five, she's 15 under, uh, even round. Come on, Lids. Even par for round four, and she's tied for first. So looking to get the win on the final uh, final event of the LPGA season. And also, um, I just had a look at the um, DP world standings after um, I'm not actually sure if that was after the final event but um, Ryan Fox number two I think on the uh, deep, on the points table I'm not sure if it if they do it like uh, the FedEx where that doesn't matter once you get to the playoffs you mm. just get ranked depending on where you finish but um, he's fifth uh, sorry fourth overall on the European Tour for earnings this uh, this season do you want to have a stab at how much in uh, Euros in Euros so I'm going to say 17 million. Gee, that's well, that's very high. <laughs> He'd be living in a lot of luxury, but that might convert to dollars once you take the euros away. Uh, three, three point two, three point two million, million euros. euros which wow. you know, it's I think what's the exchange rate? It's like over two at the moment. So it's well over like six or seven million New, New you can, Zealand. You can build a pretty nice true house with that kind of money. So if you, yeah. if you want nice to head down a Bunnings trade, we're here to make your job easier because having business is our trade. There you go, Joey. Yeah, well yeah. done. Or pick yourself up a lawnmower. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you, your, your lawn could do with a bit of a makeover, can't be just quietly. <laughs> you, you just can't let it go, <laughs> can you? <laughs> it's a burn, mate. At That's least I don't paint my lawns. <laughs> <laughs> even the stadium, even the stadiums paint their grass, mate. Um, if you do want to catch it round four, um, coincidentally of the LPGA, I think it starts on Sky at seven o'clock on Sky Sport Nine. Um, so we'll we'll get it on the TVs here. I'm um, still two all between Ecuador and Qatar. Uh, 74, coming up 74 minutes gone in that one. Um, keep your text coming through on double eight double three, um, or you can give us a call oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. But uh, you want to call us for something else right now, and that is Quizzy Dag. We've got a $50 uh, TAB bonus bet up for grabs. Come on. Quizzy Dag. I'm not sure who's going to be the uh, the quiz master. Is it you, Joey? Are you going to be playing the, the role of quiz master? No, no, today? no, no, Sam. You are. Is it me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Here we go. Come All right, on. Let's see what you've got, mate. All right, I can't wait. <laughs> right, we'll take a break. Uh, Quizzy Dag coming up after this. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. Quiz is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. 
This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 Wow, well, I'm glad I didn't have to uh, record a version <laughs> of that myself. Joey said we ran out of time this morning, and I, I was ready to come in. I warmed up the voice as well, give a little uh, throat oil uh, when I woke up, but not to be, uh, not to be. So $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs here, Quizzy Dag. Uh, five questions, and I'm assuming if you get the fifth question, then uh, you win the $50, Joey. Win a win a chicken dinner. Win a win a chicken dinner. That's how we like to do it. So, uh, right off the bat, we will start with Luke, who's on the line. G'day, Luke. Morning, fellas. How are we? Morning, Lukey. Doing very well. Hey, Luke, uh, just quickly, mate. Uh, FIFA World Cup, you interested? Uh, we've been following the game this morning, sir. Do you have a, uh, like a work sweepstake or anything like that? Nah, nothing like that, unfortunately, uh. but... That's all right, mate. Uh, Kempi got Qatar in our one, so he's not he's not he's not happy. He's not happy <laughs> oh, it's and guess who did the draw, Sammy? <laughs> it's all fair, mate. It's all out of the hat. All right, mate. Uh, you know how it works. So uh, get question five, and you win yourself a fifty dollars TV bonus bet. Pretty tough yep. today, actually. You can phone a friend. We've got a uh, Kempi uh, waiting in the wings, ready to help you out if you need. So question number one: uh, Which was the only other year that the All Blacks in England drew in a game of rugby? The only other year. Oh, sure. Off on start. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, Could I phone a friend straight off the bat? That's you, good. you can, mate, and it's a good one yeah. to phone a friend on because okay. that is a brutal question it's for a Monday morning. It's a couple of years before Prince's famous song. Jeez, oh. I'm young, that doesn't help. <laughs> um, <laughs> Come on, Kimby, think of something a little bit more recent. <laughs> no, nah, mate, that's it. It's now making it easy. Um, I will go 19. Mm. Four. Three. 86. Oh, not quite, mate. <laughs> 90. Oh, no, do I give the answer? Or no, do just... you don't. You ask the next bloke. Oh, mate, next person. Next person. Okay, we're going to roll straight through. Lammy and Parley. G'day, Lammy. Come on, Lammy. You know that. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no, no. I don't know that one. But, but hey, just between me and you guys, can you put that uh, online? Can you put it on a half? If you can't sing, that's all I wanted to tell you. What was that? Oh, your phone just cut out there, mate. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, you want other to sing it? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah no, she's got the best voice in all life, mate. Come on, you must know that clue. It was a couple of years before Prince's oh. famous song. You uh, that 1997, then? 1997? That's the one. That's the one. Ooh. Well done, Lemmy. Well done. So we move on to question number two. Uh, the Honey Badger joined us on the show oh. last week to preview the Black Clash. Which super rugby team did Nick play for? Oh. The Western Force? That's the one. Well done. Two from two. He's up 2-0, just like Ecuador. Question number three. Which (laughs) country has won the most amount of FIFA World Cups and how many World Cups have they won? Little double-barrel one for you. Oh, Jesus. Brazil? Yes. And they won four? Oh, no. Lammy, close. Close, but no cigars. We go to Mark in Tauranga. Mark? The rig. Mate, uh, which country which country has won the most amount of World Cups and how many have they won? I'm going to go Brazil. Yes. Uh, and I've got no idea of the number, so I have a punt at five. <laughs> it's a good, good punt. It's a good punt. Well done, mate. Have you, you got any interest in the World Cup, Mark? 
I'll, I'll watch the goals on the news, boys. And yeah. uh, follow, I'll probably watch the final, that's about it. Yeah, that's right. Early morning, 5 a.m. I think the final's on, maybe 4 a.m. Um, okay, question number four. Uh, Novak Djokovic has been allowed to play at the Australian Open. How many times has he won the Australian Open? Uh, good question. <coughs> Quite a few. Yes. Uh, 12. Ooh. No, that's not, not, that that, not that many, Mark. Okay, we'll go to Tim down in Christchurch. Tim, Novak Djokovic has been allowed to play in the Australian Open. How many times has he won it? Um, I think he's won it nine times. That's the one. Well done, Tim. Well done. Final yeah. question, mate. You get this one, you get the $50 bonus bet. Question number five. What year was the first ever ODI series played between India and New Zealand? Oh, no idea. Can I, you got to get clue there, Kempi? Oh, yep. It wasn't... It was in the 70s, put it that way. Oh, um, I'll say 1974. Ah, <laughs> oh, Tim! No! Oh, Brett from Huntley, Tata. mate. Tata. What year was the first ever ODI series played between India and New Zealand? Oh, welcome to the Madhouse, Sammy, 1978. <laughs> oh, it is a Madhouse, mate. Unfortunately, that's incorrect as well, Brett. Uh, close, though. It is in the 70s, as can be said. Simon from Auckland. Mate, what do you think? When was the first ever ODI series played between India and New Zealand? Um, was it 73? <laughs> Okay, Tag. There's only a few options left now. That's, a, that's incorrect, unfortunately, Simon. Uh, Ed, big Ed from Tolaga Bay. He's mate. Got good timing, what, Ed. What year? Oh, <laughs> 1972. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Mike from Christchurch. We might run out of calls, Mike. What 1975. Year? Yeah. 1975. Yeah. The money's all yours, Mike. Well done, mate. 1975 is the right answer, mate. What were you? Uh, what were you glued to the TV watching over the weekend, mate? So much sport on. What? Uh, what took your fancy? The All Blacks, but yeah, a bit disappointing at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, terrible way to finish the season, mate. What do you give them this season? What? Do, what's your? What's your mark? Your grade for 2022? I'd actually give them six out of ten. Six out of ten? That probably seems fair, yeah. eh, Timby? Yeah, that's a C plus. C plus. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you said that rather quickly. Was that a, well, a common an, grade? An, an F's uh, for failure. Yeah. It? So it was. What, what was it? He gave him a six. It's a pass. It's a pass. Pass over fifty percent. It's a so pass. Yeah. C is a pass with a plus. Okay. <laughs> pass with a little bit extra. All right, uh, Mike. Uh, one of those uh, on my uh, report. Uh, hold the line, Mike. <laughs> the boys will take your details. Uh, a C plus from Mike for the All Blacks. Uh, we will uh, get uh, into some All Blacks analysis uh, between now and nine o'clock. We've been talking uh, rugby league. We've been talking the Football World Cup. We will talk some more rugby league next hour as well with Drew Derbyshire out of the UK. Uh, we'll talk to him about how successful he thinks this tournament was from a UK perspective. Kempi, the other thing we haven't really talked about with that All Blacks uh, game was uh, England's decision to kick it out and take the draw. Is that... I wonder how that's been received up in the UK. I mean, I know the players said, sort of said that they felt they were in a difficult position, a bad part of the field happy to come back from 25-6 down, so happy to take the draw. But if you're an English fan, are you a little bit gutted that your team didn't at least have a crack? 100%. They had all the momentum. I I think kicking it, I think a a breath of um, sigh of relief too from the All Blacks perspective, because it could have gone gone either way. But to kick it out uh, when all the momentum, nine minutes on the clock when they started their run at 25-6, you know what I mean? So what an effort to get back to 25-all. 
they just started playing rugby all of a sudden. They they started sprinting it wide. They started using dummy runners. And, you know, before that, they were just, I think I heard Kane Hames in the commentary saying they were just happy to play that English style of and, and the all black, going for penalties and, you know. And the All Blacks at 25, 6, let it go at they nine did. minutes. It's yep. sort of like, that, that's the most out of the whole, it, it sum, like, sums up the year. Yeah. Just sums up the year for me. Yeah, it really does. Um, just a reminder, if you um, have been following uh, SCNZ over the last few weeks, you'll know that we do have coverage of all the World Cup games. Uh, some of them are on our app. So if you're listening in to us here and you can't stand the voice of Kempe, uh it's 6.50 on a Monday morning, you can... Uh, <laughs> That's three? You can. Right. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> three, three balls in the first hour. Balls? Okay, so you, four you, balls you, you bowled three bounces four in balls. the first hour. Uh, so if you are keen to listen to uh, World Cup action, you can catch that on the SENZ app. Um, we do have live coverage of all of the uh, games as they go throughout the tournament, which is just fantastic. Um, we will take a short break. A couple of texts coming in here on double eight double three. Uh, let us know uh, what you make of the World Cup, if you're interested in it at all, if you're following it, or whether you're giving up, given that it's uh, in Qatar and there's a lot of controversy around it. We'll come back with your texts. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Coming up 7am here on SCNZ. Uh, Sammy sitting in for Izzy. Just this morning, and uh, Texan here on the uh, Timber Bib Post text machine, double eight double three from Tim says, "Got to say thanks to the boys. Won a fifty dollar bonus bet on Friday. Put it on the ABs England draw. How good, Timmy! Couldn't, couldn't believe it came in after such a dominant start, but that is sports. Seven hundred and fifty bucks coming in. Thanks for coming, Tim. Uh, that is a phenomenal bet. And somebody else told me actually draw during the week as well, Kempi, and I half contemplated. I just thought, you know, given everything, it was me. I around, told you." Did you? Yeah, I told you to draw. Yeah. yeah, you tend yeah. to do that. You, you tend just, to you tell me things and then you never you, you follow just, up. <laughs> <laughs> you never put your money where your you mouth is, Listen mate. to me. Hey? Um, You'd be a rich man, you would be. I would, but they, I'd say that to everyone. They say, how can you work in, like, you're such a terrible tipster, how can you work in sports radio? I said, mate, if my tipping was any good, I wouldn't be working here at all. I'd be a millionaire <laughs> sitting in my yacht up in Kerry Kerry next to Kempe. But... Uh, <laughs> Not to, be, not to be. <laughs> Coming up to 7 o'clock news. Uh, after 7 o'clock, we will go to the UK. We're going to catch up with Drew Derbyshire, talk some Rugby League World Cup. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit more All Blacks uh, with Sam Roberts, who's a Premiership Rugby commentator and writer up in the UK. Get the uh, Northern perspective to how that game finished and the season as a whole. You're listening to Izzy and Kemby for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Your Christmas gift sorted? Find David Beckham Respect 90 mil for just $29.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. To Izzy and Kempi for breakfast here on SCNZ. Just gone 7 o'clock. Uh, Sammy Hewitt sitting in for Izzy, who uh, is taking a deserved day off. Uh, we do have Kempi here, though. And coming up very, very shortly, we're going to chat with uh, Drew Derbyshire. He's the deputy editor of Love Rugby League, all about the Rugby League World Cup. 
We'll also chat with Sam Roberts, who's a Premiership rugby commentator and writer. So a, a very UK flavour between now and 8 o'clock. We're going to have the Choices Flooring Poll as well as Kempi's Off the Back Fence. Just quickly, though, Kempi, a text in here from PJ in Tamuka, who says, Morning, boys. Uncle, do you think Aussie would take internationals more seriously if they didn't win the World Cup multiple years in a row? So maybe like a little bit of apathy to the international game, oh, given it's so easy for them. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um they could e- easily take it the other way too and say, well, it, it sort of means that we really need to protect origin and, and give it a um, give it a miss. I, I Look, I think the kangaroo jersey's got so much prestige in it though that if they were to get beaten on a regular basis, then they probably would look at it. Um, a bit like the Australian cricket team, you know, and and come back out and, uh, and, and probably throw their weight behind the international game. But for the international game to be successful, Australia, the NRL, um, the commission have to, have to basically throw all of their weight behind it. They have, to, they have to basically say to clubs, you need to play internationals in the year and your players need to be released. Can you see it? No. Not, not, not well, the International Federation has no teeth. So, you know, they can't talk to Volandis. You know, if Volandis, someone like Volandis or Abdo run the international game, yes, I see it. Mm. And they should be running it. Is it, is it um, from the NRL's perspective, I know it's, it's easy to say it's all about money, but is that the main priority for them? To, obviously, they want to protect their own game. The NRL, because the NRL knows that it's the number one product, right? So they don't have an obligation to the international game. It's more of a, I don't know, a moral thing. It's more about, I guess, growing the game. But for them, they don't actually really have a statute to grow it, right? The NRL's doing fine in Australia. Yeah, and again, this is a, there's a few people actually that need to have their teeth in, the, in, in to international football, and, and one of them is in the collective bargaining agreement and the players and their players' association stepping up to the plate and just demanding that there be a window for international football. Like you can't play three weeks of Origin football and tell everyone else to sit down and not play football. So why don't you play a Pacific Cup? You know what I mean? And mm. this is where the issue is: if you play a Pacific Cup, then half of your Origin players aren't playing Origin. Yeah, and surely Origin actually is better as well, Kempi, when it is a standalone. Like if they just have a break for the NRL season to get Origin and an international window out of the way, because often we see with Origin these players back up or you know they get rested from. So surely the NRL as a product gets better as well because oh, it, it's but not, it, it you know, does it, it does get better. The football gets better. You know, like people come back. Penrith, Penrith, I think Penrith, um, they they benefit from it from a a grassroots perspective. But this is the argument for. Penrith, okay? So Penrith had 20 players out of their top 35 players represents a nation at the World Cup. Now, a lot of those players in the Samoan team, for instance, they won't start training until the end of January. The the competition kicks off the first week of March, you know what I mean? So I'm picking that Penrith actually starts slow to the – they have a slow start to the season. And they're not going to get on that role that they had because their players mm. just aren't going to be ready. Yeah. So, and this is the problem that you have: the NRL clubs just they don't want that every year. No. Nah. They don't want yeah. where they can't, don't get their hands on their players in the first week of November, give them a heavy preseason before Christmas, and then roll them into the in season. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, a good point you make, Kempi. Um, let us know your thoughts on double eight, double three, um, and yeah, what you made of the uh, of the Rugby League World Cup, which we're going to talk to about with Drew Derbyshire. He's the deputy editor editor of Love Rugby League up there in the UK, and he joins us now on the line. G'day, Drew. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Um, I've I've just finished uh, the the wrap up here here in the UK. I've, I've been to 
22 games in 35 days, so it's it's time for a couple of weeks off, I think. <laughs> oh, you're living the dream, Drew. You're living the dream up there, mate. I was, I'd, I'd trade your places. You'd come down here and talk to Sammy Hewitt every day, mate. You'd make my life <laughs> a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> mate, mate, it's very, very cold in the UK, and it's it's windy, and, and, it, and it's not stopped raining for about four days. Oh, now, so, uh, no difference down here, to be honest, but <laughs> that's a, that's an anomaly, eh, Kempi? It is. Hey, hey Drew, just on the yeah, wrapping up the um, Rugby League World Cup, the question I really want to ask is, what has the main, um, I guess, the main positive been out of the World Cup for you, and has the, does it look like the International Federation are actually going to make good um, and take this this World Cup forward with more games between the next World Cups? Yeah, I, th- I think the the biggest positive for me uh, coming out of, out of this Rugby League World Cup is the fact that so many nations are improving now. So it's not just Australia, New Zealand, and England who are who are performing uh, because obviously look at Samoa; they they were playing in the first ever Rugby League World Cup final. Uh, and it's astonishing, really, when you think of how Samoa started the tournament. The, it was a 60 points to 6 defeat to England in that opening game in Newcastle. And everyone was tipping England to maybe go on and, and win the tournament uh, or certainly rival the likes of the Kiwis and, and the Kangaroos. Uh, but, wow, the Samoa were building. And that's what the, the coach, Matt Parrish, were, was saying all along. that It's not about how you start, it's how you finish. Uh, and they did very, very well to, to get to the final. I think nations like Fiji, um, Samoa, Tonga, uh, Papua New Guinea, they've all improved massively over the last couple of years. Uh, and I think the gap is certainly closing between uh, the Tier 2 nations and the Tier 1 nations, if you like. And I, I think that's the, big, the biggest positive for me coming out of, of the World Cup. And I, I know the, the, the Kangaroos have, have won it again. But there's so many more nations now competing at the top end, and even even Lebanon as well. Uh, I've, I didn't mention them, uh, the and, and they had a really impressive uh, campaign, and and they reached the the quarterfinal stage as well. So, uh, I, the biggest thing for me was was the fact that there's so many competitive nations now, uh, and I think that's key for for international rugby league moving forward that we do have a competitive market, uh, and not just the the big three, if you like uh, having tours and, and test matches between those three. We want to see the likes of Tonga or Samoa come over to England and, and maybe do a, a three-match test tour or something like that. Um, the Tonga coach, Christian Wolf, we were talking a couple of weeks ago in one of his press conferences and he wants to to have like a Pacific test match against uh, Samoa in Tonga uh, and he wants to do the same in Samoa and take his Tonga side over there as well. And how good would it be to have a proper international rugby league calendar moving forward? Uh, I think the the meeting or before Christmas um, to to discuss the international calendar moving forward. Uh, but I think every player you speak to in this World Cup, they say they want to have more Test matches. Like playing for the country and representing the heritage is the absolute pinnacle for them. Uh, and there, there was so much passion on showing the World Cup. So I hope that we do get a proper international calendar because if, if rugby league can follow the in similar footsteps of as what the the rugby union counterparts have done in recent times then there's no reason why it can't be a, a big international game as well Drew, just um, from the Northern um, Hemisphere perspective, it's easy for us to talk about windows down here, given we're all sort of on the same schedule and, and talking about Australia, the Kiwis, the island nations. What What's the appetite for England to get involved in an international window and when would that happen in and around the Super League? 
there's, there's huge appetite in in England. Uh, I think a lot of people get behind the English national team, and and we, we do want to beat the Aussies, and we do want to beat the Kiwis uh, one day, and, and lift the the World Cup because it's been a, a long time uh, between drinks of that happening. Obviously, in in rugby league. In Super League in particular, there's a lot of games that's being played uh, mm. throughout the season because obviously we've got the Challenge Cup as well over here. So, um, uh, how many how many games are in a, in a regular NRL season, roughly, 20, including the final? Twenty twelve. There's twenty five regular season, then obviously yeah, you've got you know four or five finals weeks, so upwards of thirty yeah. games. Yeah. So so in Super League, you, you could, for for some of the the top teams who who will be more than likely reaching the finals, then. We're playing about 37, 38 games, I think, wow. uh, by the end of the season. So it's it, it can be a hell of a lot of games for, for the players. And, and obviously, we want the players uh, to have a healthy off-season as well. We want them to, to obviously have the rest that, that they deserve after a long off-season. So I'm not sure about the way that we go about it. Uh, but there's a lot of appetite from the players and the coaches involved to, to play more regular test matches. Um England have recently announced that they'll be playing uh, France in a mid-season test next year, uh, and hopefully, I think that's going to be a, a regular occasion uh, moving forward. Uh, but there's also a big appetite for the likes of Scotland, Wales, uh, and Ireland to to be playing more regularly as well. So, I think everyone who, who I've spoken to they, they want to have more international fixtures, and and I think if we can get over the barrier of of the scheduling of the the NRL and the, the Super League seasons, I think uh, it can only be a good thing for for our game. Uh, but I think it'll have to come at, at the end of at the end of seasons rather than England making the trip over to to the Southern Hemisphere mid season or vice versa. Mm. Mm. Or they or they go to a conference um, in both competitions, a conference set up in both comp- competitions and play lesser games and, and open up bigger windows. That's that's what I think they should be doing. Hey, we've got a question here. From uh, one of our texters, Jamie, he says, "Hey guys, great show. Do, they, do you think it's okay to have an Australian ref in the World Cup semi-final and in the final? As Australia had their Australian referee um, ref in there, it's a, always been a contentious international issue, um, Drew. When you've got uh, uh, not having a neutral referee refereeing, what's what's your thoughts on that? Is there been much said about that? No, I don't, I don't think there's, there's been too much said. Look, I, I think." I think we we all have enough trust in in referees these days that they're going to be. To well, be should should Croydon have been seen off? Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Um, at the time, I didn't. It, it's it's it is strange because you can see which way it goes, can't you? At the time, I thought, well, if if Harris Tavita is that to leave the field, then. Should it have been a sending off? Because obviously, if Samoa are having a player leave the field, should should the kangaroos in essence? But then I, I watched the game back when I got home uh, yesterday, and I, I kind of had a different outlook on it. And I thought, well, if he had have been sent off, then I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've got. I've got to sit on the fence <laughs> on, on that one. I think. It's a smart, uh, I, a smart yeah. move when you got I was, I was, I, Yeah. I, I, I was in pro- both press conferences at, at Old Trafford after the game, and and they both went the way that you'd you'd expect them to. Uh, Sam Old coach Matt Parrish was saying that he he believes it should have been a red card, although we did acknowledge that it wouldn't have made a difference to the scoreline in the end anyway. Uh, and then and then uh, the Australia coach Malmeninga came in and, and thought that 
uh, it was in Norway a red card. I think it, it depends which. If it, it, yeah, it just depends if you were in the the Samoa or the, the <laughs> Australia camp. I think. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking to uh, Drew Derbyshire, deputy editor of Love Rugby League. Um, Drew, a lot of um, community support here for Samoa. We've seen uh, Auckland basically taken over by uh, blue and red flags hanging out the side of cars. Traffic's been stopped. Um, a lot of people celebrating the fact that Samoa even got to the final. But just from your point of view, you know, as a, as a, as a rugby league fan, a little bit disappointing to, to finish the tournament with such a one-sided final? Yeah, and I think I, th- I was kind of hoping Samoa would make... Uh, well, I, I was expecting them to to push the kangaroos pretty closely. To be honest, I, I was still expecting Australia to to win, uh, but I thought there would only be single figures in the in the final scoreline. Look, I think the, the kangaroos we, we can. I think they they should be known as as one of the great sporting sides. Uh, I think they've got something uh, impressive, like a ninety percent win record over the last twenty years, or something like that. Um, it's a, a staggering stat, anyway. Um, so I think I think a lot more respect needs to be given to to the kangaroos. I think uh, in England, especially, we're we're a bit envious of of Australia and just how, how successful successful they, they have been over the last ten or uh, twenty years, especially in World Cups as well. Uh, but take nothing away from Samoa. I mean. It's it's an almighty feat, the first ever tier what tier two nation to to reach a rugby league World Cup final. Uh, I think they deserve an enormous amount of praise, and I think the the players deserve a, a lot of praise as well because uh, a hefty amount of that Samoa side uh, were were uh, were getting phone calls and stuff from from the kangaroo and, and kiwi camps about playing for for that for those tier one nations uh, a couple of months ago. So. But they, they wanted to represent the the culture and the, the heritage and the families. Um, so uh, big raps must must go to those players um, because they've they turned down obviously more money in playing for Australia and, and New Zealand to to represent the family. So. Yeah, mm. uh, I'm a I'm a massive fan of Samoa after this World Cup. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's uh, how we grow the game. Is we allow kids to go back and play for their home home nation. Hey, just before I let you go, Drew, play the tournament for you. What What do you say? Sorry, who was the player of the tournament for you? Ah, oh, I'm a massive fan of Joseph Suoli uh, <laughs> of Samoa. He's he's an absolute. He's a joy to watch, isn't he? Uh, he's I mean, he's he's only nineteen. He's hundred and five kilos. He's six foot five. He carts the ball in like a front rower. I mean, I, I wouldn't fancy tackling him. Um, he, he, yeah, I've, I've got I've got to pick him. I've, he's he's been a standout in most of the games I've seen. Um, obviously, Joey Manu picked up the the golden boot award. He's had a, a terrific tournament for the Kiwis, and, and he was good in in mid season as well. James Tedesco. I, I'm, I'm highlighting all the full backs here, around. I'm <laughs> The fullbacks is the, is the number one position at the minute. So, uh, from an English point of view, George Williams did very well as in in the World Cup uh, as well. But yeah, I've got to go, with Joseph Suoliti. I thought it was it was terrific, and and I, I I try and watch as many NRL games as I can, and I've I've seen a, a handful of, of games that Suoliti's played in. But he, in this World Cup, he's I think he's kicked on to another level. He's he's been great. Yeah, awesome stuff. Uh, Drew, really appreciate you joining us and, and helping us out throughout the Rugby League World Cup. Let's hope for a few more uh, international games in the future so that we can uh, we can keep chatting a little bit more often. Thanks for coming on.
Oh, all, all the best, boys. It's, it's been a pleasure. All World Cup. Have a good one. Take care, Drew. There you go. Drew Derbyshire there, uh, Deputy Editor of Love Rugby League, just wrapping the, uh, the Rugby League World Cup for us. We will take a break. Kempi's off the back fence, not far away. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. If we can learn one thing from... The other day's all-black test is this, that the referee will once again play a big part in the outcome of next year's World Cup. Yes, Mr Raynell absolutely destroyed the game yesterday with his overarching refereeing and some pull this one out of my bottom calls. The all-blacks looked like they were home and hosed. 71 minutes, I thought they were there myself when a couple of dubious refereeing calls swung all the momentum back to the English side. And as we know... The rest is history. How frustrated must Fozzie feel, let alone the players, after having dominated big parts of the game to only secure a disappointing draw? I guess it really does sum up the year, doesn't it? To be brutally honest, I hope the next time the team is in the Northern Hemisphere, they don't get Raynell in a big game. Yes, he was making absolute textbook calls, but is there a place for common sense and flow of the game? No doubt after this, now his now... infamous call in the Bledisloe Cup has been under pressure and certainly the complexity of the rules have increased exponentially over the last 20 years but we have to ask ourselves if it's taking some of the joint spectacle from the game more than ever an important part of an elite rugby team skill set and especially our team going up north next year is now tailoring their game guess what Sammy to the referee Off the back fence with Tony Kemp Look, uh, I totally agree, Kempi, that there, we can almost guarantee that there's going to be some sort of refereeing controversy at a World Cup like we've seen pretty much in every edition. I think I heard in the commentary, might have been Kane Hames talking about Raynell, how for that Bledisloe game, he wasn't even the first choice no, referee. Someone got sick and then he got pulled in. And same with this game as well. He also got pulled in late for this game. So it's interesting because I feel like he'd, he'd sit in front of the World Rugby bosses or the referee bosses and he'd say, well, you know, that guy was offside. That was, you know, uh, an illegal move, move there. That was a knock on that was whatever and, and can sort of tick all the boxes. But you're right. There has to be some room for referees to let the game flow because we all know that these teams play on the edge and if we did call everything, we'd hardly play any rugby, Kempe. We just get whistles every second. And I think in the back of his mind when the All Blacks, he ran out in front of the All Blacks, having made that call against the Australians, Foley when he was kicking that ball out and then All Blacks come back, you know what I mean, get the ball, score that try. I think he's just he's put himself under that much pressure now. He's got to get every single call right. Yeah. Otherwise, people are just going to – because he got heavily scrutinised through yeah, that. Yeah, totally. And, I, and what ha- for me, one of the biggest things that I hate seeing is that the referee's profile becomes bigger than the game. Because then it just stops the flow of the game. Hmm. People are always talking about the referee. Now, now we got we got issues with French referees. You know, <laughs> yeah, we, we do. We really with, do. With games with the with the English referees and and big games. Yeah, the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, refs. Well, yeah, bang guess on. where we're headed. Yeah, you know, guess where we're headed. And if we think a big call next year isn't going to have, play some part, we don't know which team it is in the in the makeup of next year's um, World Cup winners winning winning that World Cup. Then you've got rocks in your head. Yeah. I mean, just to be clear, we're not by no means saying that the referee either cost us that game or, or we won because I think it was bad on both sides. You know, it was 30 penalties or something across the game. Both teams were getting pretty hard done by. Um, 
it's interesting, Ken, because I th- I feel like uh, the All Blacks actually did win the breakdown over the weekend, especially through that first they 70 were minutes. Very good. Which is where we, five. which is where you'd normally get penalised by a Northern referee because it's just such a different type of style they play up there. They slow the ball down. Yeah. Um, they you know play for penalties. So we do, I actually think we did a great job there. But where where both teams sort of got caught out was definitely that off sideline, which you know well, Northern the young, Hemisphere young... teams do love to love to rush up. Um, but we were both getting pulled for it. And yeah, it the, seemed, uh, the young yeah. English halfback, he was getting called all the time. Oh, he, had, well, he had a Van, shocker. Van Paul Philippe, is it? Yeah. Paul Philippe. It's Paul Philippe. Just, he, he had a shocker, to be honest. He until... was like 22, picking that ball up and getting caught all the time, you know. Um, Papa Lee called him a couple of times, severe, demolished him. Yeah. And he was just, I couldn't believe that he left him out there that long. I know. Because you know? when Ben Young's came on, that changed that but you, have a, but you have a referee, you'd have another referee, and he'd ping all the All Blacks for that. True. The, the the interpretation. See, yep. it's all about interpretation, isn't it? and I th- and I think you know you have to start to get your teams to understand that when you're playing and a, there's a certain guy in the middle of the park, these are, you've got to have an analyst that goes, well, these are their interpretations on the ruck area. These are their and what when he like I said before, we pulled that winger back for England for being offside. You know they were carrying the football. How can yeah. you be offside when you're carrying the football? Yeah, and then. Um you know, you make the point about that um, Van Van Poorfleet. He had the ball at the back. Doing what the halfbacks do so often, which is roll the ball to the – they set up the rucks, they have a few extra guys out the back, they roll the ball right to the back so they can get the box kick away. I mean, that is never, ever called by any referee as the ball being out. So Van Fleet had his Van Poorfleet had his hands on the ball. Savi is basically saying it's out. Savi got him because Ren- he called it and Renat- said it's out. Well, no, he didn't even say anything. He just put it. And that's why um, Farrell went up to him and said, can you say it a bit louder so that we can react to it? Because you just put your hands in the air to say mm. fair game. And Van Poorfleet didn't even hear it. So it is just that inconsistency between referees. And it, and it will harm teams at the World Cup. I, I totally agree with you, Kempi. Just uh, quickly as we keep talking about that, Lydia Ko, 16 under through nine holes. She's one under for round four, and she is in the outright lead at the moment. This is the uh, CME Group Tour Championship, the final event of the LPGA for this year. $7 million purse. Tidy little winnings there if she can get over the line. Uh, but give us a, uh, a text on double eight double three or uh, jump on the Kenatai phone line 0800 150 811. Uh, not just about the referee, but also about the All Blacks' performance. Very disappointing last 10, 15 minutes um, where we let it slip away on us. A, a disappointing end to what has been a very up and down season. Really hard to gauge where this team's at, where um, you know the coaching group are at, given the changes they've gone through. I still maintain, Kempe, that no one, no New Zealander can sit here and confidently say we're going to win a World Cup next year. I just, no. to be honest, and look at France, undefeated uh, in 2022. They've yeah. gone through a whole season undefeated. They Ireland's have the clear favourites. Ireland, you know, towed us up in our own home patch. We did look um, good, mate. Like, you know, putting our first team out there, I know there was no Will Jordan there. We did look good. That, fir- yes, that, that first, first 60, half was 100%. very good. I watched that first, uh, well, the first half, but the first 60 minutes, I watched that thinking if we played like that, against a, an island or France, we, we'd have a shot. Mm. But we just haven't seen enough of that regularly. Um, so give us a call or a text, double eight double three oh eight hundred one five zero eleven. We'll get a poll maybe around that All Blacks uh, season uh, just after news, which is now with Aroha. Thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. (laughs) 
bringing the beats from the run home uh, here on breakfast. Uh, that's a Kempi special right there. Yeah, Straight mate. out of the running playlist. Cock that one, Joe. Kempi, I want to see you dance in the club so badly. It's, oh, do you? It's my dream. I'll yeah. tell you what, I, I, I'll I'm going to put that on my bucket list as well. You won't get off the dance floor. Really? Yeah. You're that big of a presence, have are it, you? Just have it. So well, everyone just circles around you. Yeah. When, yeah. when we went to the race earlier this year, Kempi, and South Assured won, you were talking. You were saying, "Look, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go down there and dance. I'm the best." You know, you're saying it's all on the on the car ride up. That's all you were talking about, Kempi. And then when we got there, I said, "Let's go to the dance floor, Kempi." Oh. You said, "No, no, 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 no." I know, I know the type of guy you are, Kempi. You're the kind of guy like. Early evening on a Saturday, you're pumping up the boys. Big night, boys, let's go. You open up the box of beers, get everything cold, and then you're the one who goes to sleep at 8 o'clock. Uh, <laughs> uh, he really is. He oh, really there is. he is. You'd, you'd be a fun time at the FIFA World Cup, uh, Kimpy, which obviously kicked off this morning. Guitar losing to Ecuador. Uh, here's a stunner of a goal from Valencia. Tried to thread it through towards Plata. Bounces back to him on the ricochet. Leaves it behind for Preciado. Swings across him. The header! Oh, pinpoint perfect from Anna Valencia. That is sumptuous. Oof. That was sumptuous. That was great word, yeah. Great yeah, commentary yeah. as well. Like great dancing. commentary on ECNZ or ECN app. You can catch that every single day. It's going to be a great World Cup. I can't wait to just tune out while you boys are talking and just listen to the, the World Cup commentary. You've been doing that all year. <laughs> I've been doing it all year, yeah. You've got to start tuning in, son. <laughs> I probably should l- listen once in a while. Hey, apparently it's a good show now. Hey, um, Choices Flooring Poll time, boys. Floors for Living Sale on now at Choices Flooring. Pretty simple one. How would you grade this All Black season? A, B, C, D, E, or F? Oh, dear. The rare F. You know the thing about an F? If you're very smart, you can turn that into a B. <laughs> <laughs> you're not fooling anyone. Fozzie might try and do that, but you're not fooling anyone, Kimby. All right, so uh, A, B, C, D, E, or F? Plenty of options, Joey. Yeah. Six. <laughs> Do they vote on the text machine or do they oh, vote sorry, on the Oh, sorry, sorry. My apologies. I should say, yes. Go to the SCNZ app, click listen to Izzy and Kemby for breakfast, and you can have your vote. Choices flooring, spring catalogue, inspiring savings on carpet, timber, hybrid, luxury vinyl, window revenishings, and rugs. Beautiful. Thank there you for that, Joey. Jump on and have a vote. A, B, C, D, E, or F. I'll get Kempi's vote on that a little bit later on. Uh, lots of texts coming in here on the All Blacks. I do want to get to them, but calls always come first. 0800 150 And Lyndon's uh, giving us a call. G'day, Lyndon. Hey, mate. How's it going? Very well, mate. You got some thoughts on the ABs? Yeah, I would probably go a C for the year. Maybe a C plus if you can throw a plus in there. Yep, um, sure. Yeah, I think we kind of bounce back from obviously how the Irish were down here. I mean, we, we did hold the Tri-Nations. We went up to Africa and had a good win, which I think most people thought we wouldn't do. Um Fozzie's, you know, he's blooded some pretty good players. Yeah, he's rotated quite a few, but I suppose that's what tours are all about, really, isn't it? You know, you've got to give guys a go. Um, and as, as of yesterday's game, I mean, I think he picked the best team that he could have. Um, I think we found a good midfield pairing of Geordie Barrett and Rico Iwani. I think you've got to have Rico for his out, out pace. I mean, yeah, he's, he's obviously, I mean, fortunately for him, he's probably the best 11 going around, but he's also... New Zealand's best 13, I think, by far, really. Mm. Um, where, do you, where do you think, Lyndon, yeah. where do you think they, they make any changes, if any? Is there anyone else to come in to that uh, that squad that started yesterday? Because it was obviously Fozzie's strongest squad, he thought. Um, yeah, I mean, there's probably not too many changes around. 
Um, I think Talia, I mean, hey, I'm a bit of a Blues fan, clearly, but um, Talia, I think, been, I mean, he's been amazing the last couple of years for the Blues. He played so well for Harbour. Him on the 14, I mean, just his pace, and not only just his pace, his, his strength. I mean, if you go back and run the tape, ever since he's carried a ball, every time he gets the ball, he's always the first first tackler he pushes out the way. I mean, he can make something out of nothing, you know? Um, mm. And I think t- tactically, Caleb Clark, we could probably just use him a bit better, whether he's running off the fullback or cutting back in or use him like a league winger, you know, a bit more of a battering ram. Mm. Um, and, yeah, pretty disappointing, obviously, with the refereeing. I mean, you know, yeah, it was a game that, you know, we should have won. I'm not saying the referee cost us a game, but clearly some decisions that we did get. I mean, even awarding that try in the 72nd minute, I don't know how they gave that one, but I suppose that that's what we're up against, really. Um, and, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer for me going back on going backwards with Pianara picking him. I just personally think even it kind of showed when he came on why we haven't picked him for a while quite slow to the rucks and his box kicking um, was terrible really his decision making I mean I don't know why you're up and then you suddenly create a 50-50 box kick and give the ball back to them and knowing that all you have to do is hold the ball on you're going to get a penalty that's what he's been doing mm. all the time it's just quite frustrating really to suddenly give a ball back when you've got it especially in the middle of the park you know yeah nah it Definitely, that uh, that kick from TJ Piranara was a uh, was a turning point towards the end of the game there, Lyndon. A lot of people have been saying that as well. I appreciate your call, 0800 And, uh, yeah, if you would make any changes to that uh, squad, which we've talked about was probably Fozzie's best squad that he could have picked. So are there any uh, tweaks that you'd make uh, 12 months out, or less than 12 months out, from a Rugby World Cup? We're going to get um, a northern perspective on that match. Sam Roberts is a Premiership Rugby commentator and writer. He's going to Join us up next. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Baz and Izzy. Izzy and Kempe. I was going to say Sam and Kempe, but then I thought, oh, I've got to mention Izzy, but then I just got fussy. (laughs) (laughs) How many times has that happened? (laughs) Sam and Kempe. Are you blushing? Yeah, you're a little bit red. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Coming up quarter to eight here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, SENZ. Just putting a call through to Sam Roberts out of the UK. Talk some Northern Hemisphere rugby. Of course, England's still got to play South Africa next weekend, so their uh, season isn't quite done like the All Black has. Uh, lots of texts coming in here on the Timber Bed Post text machine, double eight, double three. Uh, Andrew says, probably a C for the All Blacks season. However, the game's lost its flow and I find myself just having the All Blacks on TV while doing something else. I find now I have more interest in sevens or the women's game. The refs let the game flow, which is what we want to watch. It's an interesting thought Please. there from Andrew. Um, have a look at Rugby League as well, Andrew. Uh, John says, Morning, fellas. I was hunting in the hills with no cell phone reception. Came out uh, Sunday, I'm presuming, to discover those disappointing ABs had lost as they were the last league in a seven-league multi to win me 650 bucks From a bonus bet I got off Smithy, there were a few unsavoury words said should never have let a lead like that go. John, I actually can't remember the last time the All Blacks blew a lead like that, Kempe. Mm, not... No, I can't. You know, like I can. We've we've Not come. All we've come back a lot. Yeah. But when have we ever blown a lead like that in the last fifteen minutes? Really, that's yeah. It's unprecedented for All Blacks fans. Christos says, uh, "Morning, boys. Is anyone really going into the World Cup extremely confident? It's been a crazy old year of results. The Irish are looking the consistent, but the World Cup is a big monkey on their backs. From uh, that's from Christos, and he's sort of the same with France as well, right?" France have uh, made a couple of finals, never, never done the uh, done the job, and 
There are suggestions as well, Kempi, that, you know, France, are they peaking too early? You know, undefeated season this year, but is it just a year, just a year too early? Oh, I think the, I think their team's young enough to to, to kick on next year. I, that's the other problem with us, is we've got a couple of old heads in that side there that maybe the, the best has gone past them. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's... And it's sort of a changing of a guard internationally as well now. France and Ireland are really stepping up as the two best nations. That The traditional um, powerhouses, us, England and South Africa, are all going through a bit of a, a patch. You know, a yeah. bit of a patch. And England, like I said, England and South Africa are going to be playing next weekend. I mean, South Africa is just as inconsistent as us at the moment. Um, so I'm all eyes actually on that game because the, from the north, Eddie Jones, they feel, has sort of saved his bacon with that draw against the All Blacks. He was very much under pressure, but will it change if he gets towed up by South Africa? You know, it's, I think someone oh, like Eddie's under at, pressure every week. 100%. And there's another texter from us, Mark. He he says, what, the change of head, mate? He just texts in two words, the coach. And I guess that's the question. What what does everyone think about Fozzie's year? You know, like you've got um, Razor sitting in the background who's probably going to be the next next coach in, in, in probably England or the All Blacks. But what about what about Fozzie's year? Do you, does he get a tick, you know, going up there and ending up with a draw with England? Um, they still won the, the championship. They still won the Bledisloe. They they won six six out of seven games, so six in a draw. You know, is that a pass, Mark? Yeah, it's interesting. Get off his back. Give us a text on double eight double three. Give us your thoughts on that. And I think we've got uh, Sam Roberts on the line now. He's a Premiership rugby commentator and writer. Uh, Sam, welcome in. Morning. Good evening. Uh, I'm in the UK. It is definitely evening here. Good morning to you, boys. How are you? I hope you're well. I hope you're uh, still trying to work out exactly what happened on uh, <laughs> on Saturday evening UK time. Geez, we'd be genius, Sam, if we could work that out because at 25 six with nine <laughs> minutes to go, a lot of people had gone and you know turned their TV off and made some breakfast. Well, what do you think happened, Sam? How are the English? How are they taking it up there? What's the media like? Well, I mean, there there are. There's a couple of different schools of thought. One that I'm firmly in, which is, it was the worst possible result that, that England could have had, really, in a sense. You know, in, in, a, in a way, a lot of people are, are, are still trying to work out how they feel about Eddie Jones's tenure. And, and in a way, a, a thumping, you know, defeat by the All Blacks would have been a pretty good way to, to sort of say uh, sayonara. But... Mm. Um, the last 10, 15 minutes turned it all around and Eddie gets to potentially fight uh, another week, another month, another year. And um, we continue to sort of stumble on. I mean, England are in such a weird place at the moment. I mean, that match really did sort, sort it out completely as regards or certainly re- represented exactly where England are as, as far as uh, as far as the rugby is concerned, you know. 60-odd minutes of pretty lacklustre, pretty blunt, pretty aimless rugby, and then all of a sudden coming to life and, and sort of, you know, sort of giving the England fans the potential of something to hang on to. And, and that word hope, you know, England fans are, are clinging to this idea that, that, that perhaps England are, uh, can mount a challenge uh, next year at the World Cup in France. And... Um, and that last 15 minutes, minutes or so really gave them hope, you know, under, under the, the sparked into life by, by Marcus Smith, I feel, and a few others. The subs came on and made a tremendous difference. I know, obviously, going down to 14 men probably hurt New Zealand, probably helped England. But it, I think it was more than that. I think just the general mood of the game changed. And, 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 and I was really, really surprised as a, as a fan to 
to see Marcus Smith kick the ball out at the end. I know there were there were there were other reasons and other ways that he could have done it, and I suppose a draw is a is a good result against the All Blacks. But with with the game the way it was going, that the tide you know so firmly you know turned in England's favour, I was just a little bit surprised for an autumn international. Maybe it was the World Cup, then you know a different matter. But autumn international at home, baying crowd in front of you, you know the wind in your sails. Go for it. Absolutely go for it, and they didn't. It it just sums up just what a weird and odd place England find themselves in at the moment. Yeah, and it's interesting just hearing you talk, Sam, because I feel like All Blacks fans are a little bit the same. You know, with with Ian Foster, this yeah. year has been a very inconsistent year, up and down. One week the All Blacks are dominating, the next week they're struggling to get over opposition. They really should be. Is there a? We were just talking about it before. Is there a little bit of a sense in the north that maybe there is a changing of the guard here? Teams like the All Blacks, England, South Africa are starting to be a little bit more inconsistent, whereas France and Ireland yeah. have basically shown everyone how it's done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you look at that the, that French side at the moment, and you're, you're trying to work out how they can't win next uh, next November. You know, it's it'll be in their own backyard. They look rampant. They look as though they're everyone's playing the sort of rugby that is not only attractive but it's also effective. And and everything sort of swings with them. Um, Ireland, you know, under Farrell Senior, look as though they're mounting a good charge as well. Yeah, there may there may be, but international rugby is a is an odd place in a sense, isn't it? And I I wonder whether or not you know the the big guns, should we call them? Should we be nice about them? The, mm. the likes of the of the box and the blacks and and England, will they have just about got themselves sorted by the time you know twelve months rolls around? And 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 will it be potentially uh, a fantastic competition again? And 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 you hope so. You hope you hope that's the case because you want a World Cup to be just that. You know the best teams firing on every possible cylinder and and giving us a spectacle. You you hope that's the case i mean i i i don't um obviously in northern hemisphere we we watch new zealand from afar and and you know you have a a fabled place in our hearts you know the all blacks are a pretty uh, indomitable force you know whenever they turn up whatever someone says to you and there were some lovely pieces you know floating around the english press about how we may have, may have been duped into thinking that this New Zealand side wasn't any good, and no, they are. Oh, they're really good, you see. And it was it was an interesting it was an interesting sort of viewpoint. Uh, but I, I yeah, I, to answer your question, I, I I wonder whether or not they will get themselves together and get it all sorted, and mm. and the likes of uh, Ian Foster and Eddie Jones will get their eggs in a row. No, that's not a phrase. Eggs in a row. I've just made that up. Ducks in a row, <laughs> uh, and uh, and sort, sort themselves out. <laughs> I mean, you can get your eggs in a row, can't you? I mean, you, you could. Oh, yeah, absolutely, you can. Yeah, no. Yeah. Some, some great analysis there, Sam. Thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot for joining us this morning. We'll let you get back to your dinner on Izzy and Kimmy for breakfast. Um, mate, uh, yeah, good game yesterday. You got out of jail. Uh, the All Blacks down here. We've got plenty to absolutely. talk about, but thanks a lot for joining us. That's Sam out of the UK. Pleasure. There you go, Sam Roberts there, uh, Premiership Rugby commentator and writer. Great to get his thoughts from the North. And... and there is a small part of me, Kimby, I know we've only got uh, 20 seconds here, there's a very small part of me that thinks he might have a point there and that you know maybe the All Blacks in South Africa can just do enough to turn it around. They've still got 12 months and by the time we get to the World Cup, we could be dealing with a different killfish. It's a big it's a big hypothetical, it's a big if, but it is there just in the back of the mind. Uh, we are coming up 8 o'clock here, we'll take a short break. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. 
Yeah, coming up 8 o'clock here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Sammy Hewitt sitting in for Izzy, who's got the day off. Currently, uh, Lydia Ko is still one under round four. She is leading 16 under four the tournament, the CME Group Tour Championship. Last event of the LPGA for the year. $7 million purse playing in Florida. Not bad. Uh, Texting here just comes from Michael, says, uh, I watched the woman Wellington Phoenix yesterday. Uh, Michaela Foster, daughter of All Blacks coach Ian Foster playing. Yeah, they had a 4-1 loss to Melbourne City, but their first ever game, historic game uh, at mm. Sky Stadium in Wellington. Awesome to see them out there, Kempi, um, despite the results. Uh, lots of texts coming in here on the ABs, which we will get to after 8 o'clock. We're hoping to catch up with Dylan Schmidt as well. He has won uh, the World Championships in his trampolining event. I'm really keen to dig into this with Dylan Schmidt. He was a surprise bronze medalist at the Olympics in Tokyo. So hopefully catch up with him after eight. But up next, to Araha with news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Mist Warehouse has your Christmas gift sorted. Find David off Cool Water for men 125 mil for just $39.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yeah, Joe, you know. Let's go. Let me take you to a place I know you want to go. It's a good life. Hey, 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 yeah. I don't want to stand around and beg you just to say no. How's that for 8 o'clock on a Monday morning there? from Tony Kemp. Kempy was actually just telling me in the news there about um, he's getting golf lessons at the moment, which I didn't realize. <laughs> you were the best, Tony. <laughs> I didn't I even know that not. was a thing, Kempy. I thought you'd just go out and play. What are you getting lessons for? <laughs> oh, Sammy Hewitt. Sammy Hewitt, you are the best. All right, you just keep getting those golf lessons, mate. I'll take you on whenever you want. I'll, just, I'll, oh, I'll, bring, one, I'll bring two clubs. I'll bring a wood and a putter. <laughs> That'll be it. Yeah, putter off the tee, you still probably beat me. Um, to be honest, that's why I'm getting the lessons. Double eight, double three. If you've got any thoughts uh, on the ABs, we've been talking them for the last half hour or so. We've got um, some good texts in here, which I'll read out very, very shortly. Uh, coming up this hour, we'll catch up with Paul Mawati very shortly out of the TAB. Find out uh, some odds around the World Cup and whether or not uh, they saw a random influx of money for Qatar five minutes before kickoff. <laughs> any suspicious activity? Um, Dylan Schmidt, hopefully, um, world champion now in the trampoline. Uh, winning over the weekend, which is fantastic for the man who won a bronze medal in Tokyo. We are keeping our eyes on Lydia Ko as well in the uh, CME Group Tour Championship. Final event of the LPGA season. She is leading at the moment. Uh, 16 under overall, one under for the round. Leona Maguire out of, I think it's Ireland, um, in second place, challenging her just one shot behind. So she want to... She want to keep on the pace if she can. Um, to the text machine we go, though, double eight, double three. Mark says, boys, the red was a shocker. I'm not sure which read that was. Uh, however, that however that does not hide the fact... Oh, the ref, sorry. The ref was a shocker. However, that does not hide the fact the All Blacks should never have lost that. That finish showed they aren't as mentally tough as years gone by. TJ, shocking decision to tap a kick only 10 metres out and give the ball away. Just one example, and he is supposed to be experienced. Shocking result, and if Kane comes back, they cannot win the cup from Mark. Pretty passionate there, Kempe, from Mark. I I, um, I did have that thought while watching the game um, about the mental toughness, like where mm. was the, and I know that le- that word leadership gets brought up a lot, but where was that grit that we are so used to seeing with the All Blacks? It's almost like they just sat back and let them and let England come at them, and and just on the referee, you know, why isn't why aren't your captains in his ear? You know, why aren't they trying to 
you know, Richie McCall did that the best, didn't he? Just in, and Cam Smith in the NRL, just influencing the referee, just having those chats with them, Big just influences. trying to put a bit of doubt in their mind. Yeah, where was that, you know, yesterday? Yeah, and and you're dead right, Sam. Like that leadership, but you're, you're talking too about the bench coming on and, and making a difference. Where English's bench come on and made a massive difference. Ours didn't, um, and you're, you're trying to grind that wind out in the end. And you and you are looking for the leaders. You're saying, "Man, come on, boys! You know you need to hold this all together." Um, and they got they got out of jail with a draw. Look, the Sam came the Sam Kane conversation. Um, I think it's an old conversation. That like you know, you have players that step up. I thought Papa Lee was awesome yesterday. It, it's it's just going to really come down to ten months' time and what top type of form these guys. And look look how quick someone's uh, All Black career can can change overnight. TJ Perinara doesn't make any squad. Yeah, you know he gets pulled into the fifteen, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's playing the last test of the year, which is the biggest game, and ends up ends up with an ACL. You know, yeah. Now and he's out for to nine, make, and now yeah. out for nine months. Mm. So I think you know if one thing we've got here, we've seen a lot of players. On you look on the on the other side of the coin, if you have a look at um, our wings, you know, no Will Jordan and Mark Talia steps up in the last last game of the year and gets the number 14 jersey mm-hmm. like who picked that yeah you know so yep. there's just still so much water to go under the bridge yeah and you'll remember too in 2015 near him on a scutter stand out he burst on the scene basically within a year you know he came on on 2015 made the all blacks and then he goes to a world cup and you know was a bit of a standout yeah, for yeah, us so, so. so you have to think that mark talia for instance wasn't even in the equation when they put in the the championship side together, when mm. they put in the Irish test side together. And there's also a chance, um, Kempi, that you know, in times gone by with the All Blacks, we build over that four years and we seem to get better and better and better as we approach a World Cup. Maybe it's just a bit of a different cycle this time where we're still trying to get there and we might only get there in nine months' time. And maybe we hit it at the perfect time well, and the team just comes I, right. You I, know? Th- I think De Groot, I think De Groot and Lomax in the front row with... with um, they won that breakdown yeah. over the weekend. They I think did. another they year, really did. and they get they get they'll be the best in the best in the world, close to it. So there was such a solid um, tight five on the weekend, especially for that first sixty minutes. Uh, and probably on the back end of it, um, I thought he was really good. Artie Savia, he was really good. And you and you go out wide like Jordy Barrett. Like again, at the beginning of the season, there's an article where Foster says, "I don't know what you guys are talking about him at twelve. Yeah. I don't see him as a twelve. Oh yeah, he actually said it. And then all of a sudden, everyone goes, "Mate, you got to put Jordy Barrett at twelve. You know. So I just I still think there's some 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 people to, to come into this equation here. I think there's still a lot of water to go under the bridge. Um, one thing I wanted to to ask our our and a, uh, a question in our last interview was, what about Razor? Like, is that, yeah. is that contract locked up in the... You know, when he said that Eddie Jones, um, Mark said that Eddie Jones wasn't thought of that highly in England, you know, probably did, a, did Eddie Jones a favour. I wanted to say to him, well, have you locked up Razor's uh, signature in the, in the safe at, at, uh, at Twickenham? Yeah. It, well, unfortunately, I'd be yeah. surprised if he hasn't signed. Yeah, we. I wanted to ask Sam a bunch more questions. Unfortunately, we just ran out of time. But that is a good talking point, and uh, it, it does mirror us in a way. You know, the English, him saying the English fans in a way, what he probably would have preferred England to lose that game because it would have meant Eddie Jones under more pressure. We felt that a little bit with the All Blacks fans. Sometimes it feels like they want to lose or they want us to be pushed so that. Foster does get kicked out. Uh, Mark says, boys, the refing was the same for both teams. Stop making excuses for the ABs. Definitely not saying that the ref cost us that game, Kempi, at all. No, we're we're sort of all. splitting it in two. The All Blacks definitely cost themselves that game, but also the refereeing was the refereeing was poor across 
both teams for the 80 minutes. It was um, 30 penalties or something. It's just far too many. Yeah, um, and, and and I'll make that point. I think I think they could they could have changed out uh, Cody Taylor in the first half. I thought Cody Taylor, for me, um, actually let the referee affect the way that he was. You know, he got called for a couple of times of throwing balls in the line out, some dubious calls in the scrum, and you can just see on his face that he's starting to get frustrated with the referee. And that's where Richie McCall was really good. Yeah. You know, Richie McCall would step in and say, mate, explain to us what, what really needs to happen and I'll sort it out. You know, and that's what you're talking about. So where's that leadership yeah. coming yeah. from? Yeah, and know? even just putting those little bits of doubt into the referee's mind as well. Um, a text in here from Chris says, I went to the cricket last night. What an amazing atmosphere after India scored 190 with a brilliant innings when we batted and Kane Williamson was getting signals or dot balls in the power play. The crowd was groaning. Something had to change. Also, All Blacks, a C plus. No All Black season should score less than an A. Cheers, Chris. We haven't even talked about cricket, Kempi, but uh, yeah, Black Caps India last night and uh, India winning by, I think it was 65-odd runs in the end. A hat-trick to Tim Southey, though, which is probably the highlight for the Black Caps. Uh, but right now, we're going to talk uh, some TAB. You can bet live on your favourite sports. Just download the TAB app today. Paul Moati is on the line, Mo, and uh, the FIFA World Cup well and truly underway. Yeah, it certainly is, and uh, no surprises really in the first game with the host nation Qatar going down 2-0 to Ecuador. Um, just having a look at some of the futures markets as we speak and the golden boot, and I don't think the golden boot will uh, come from either of those two teams that have already played so far, um, but we have seen a wee bit of action uh, at the top of the market. Harry Kane has uh, seen a bit of cash flow his way. He's the favourite at $8.00. Um, but he's got a wee bit of competition just in behind him, and the punters are certainly very, very keen on Kylian Mbappe at eight fifty, uh, Lionel Messi at ten dollars, uh, and also Memphis Depay at twenty one dollars. Uh, they've seen quite a bit of action over the last couple of days. Uh, the best back early on was Martinez, who's now into seventeen dollars to be the uh, golden boot for this World Cup. In the outright market, to win it all, um, very, very hard for punters to get away from the top two uh, there. Uh, Brazil, $4.20 favourites to win the World Cup. They have been the best backs in that outright uh, winner market, closely followed by Argentina, who are currently $6.50. And there's been a wee bit of speaking further down the page on the Netherlands, who are now $13 to win the Football World Cup. I, uh, I wonder if the Qatari officials who paid uh, Ecuador $8 million to lose that game will be a bit disappointed uh, this morning, Paulie, with that, uh, that 2 nil result. Um, what else we got going on? We've got um, Lydia Coe in, uh, in this LPGA event, which she's looking very comfortable in, but what else have we got going on uh, this week that uh, punters can get stuck into? Well, there's plenty of NFL uh, matches on this morning as well. Um, there you can bet live on all the games that have started so far uh, and I'm just looking down the page to see uh, what else have we got here uh, the Chargers up against the Chiefs the big game later on this afternoon the Chargers are $2.80 outsiders the Chiefs uh, with Patrick Mahomes very warm favourites at $1.39 and they are 5.5 point favourites the game total is at 52.5 We've had money on over 52.5 at $1.87. Also taken quite a bit of money on the Chiefs, minus 5.5 at $1.90. Uh, and the Chiefs, $1.39, are in a number of multis. So uh, if the money's anything to go by, 
Patrick Mahomes and his Chiefs will have a very, very fruitful day later on this afternoon. Yeah, lots of good NFL action. Um, Paulie, I've actually just brought up the um, outright winner's market for the World Cup next year, the futures market. Haven't looked at this actually in a, in a few weeks and just wondered if uh, any results over the last few weeks have moved things at all. France still favourites at $3.50, New Zealand at 4 bucks, England and uh, England, Ireland, South Africa sort of at third equal on, um, on six points. So it hasn't sort of moved too much with what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, has it? No, it hasn't. Um, I guess we'll get to the end of the sort of owl season and it's just a, a matter of keeping everyone fit, no major injuries, um, and then we'll see how the teams shape uh, back up uh, as we head into next year's World Cup. So not a lot of movement there. As you say, the French um, favourites there, but money um, has come for South Africa and Ireland over the last six months. Mm. So they're the two teams that have taken the most sort of action over the last half a year. Yep. A very interesting times indeed. Uh, Paulie, thanks for your time, my friend. We'll catch up again soon. Very good. And don't forget uh, the Black Caps, uh, the next T20 uh, is out, and they are slight favourites, $1.83, India $1.90, even after that very convincing win uh, last time, uh, what, last night, I'm sorry. Um, and they have taken a bit of money again. So India, even though they're slight outsiders, are, are certainly favourites with punters at the moment. Awesome stuff. Uh, Paul Mawadi there from the TAB. Promotions in play, hundreds hundreds of sports markets, and uh, including all the FIFA World Cup action, NFL, etc. Just uh, download the TAB, or, uh, TAB app or visit tab.co.nz. And... Uh, Kempi, talking about the FIFA World Cup, we did chat between uh, six and seven, and uh, for those who might have missed it, we talked a little bit about all the controversy that's surrounding this uh, mm. Qatar World Cup, and, and I said go and watch the Netflix doco FIFA Uncovered. It gives you a good sense of um, everything leading up to this tournament, and now it's kicked off officially. It, it, the big question is whether or not the football is just going to take precedence you know, and override the controversy or whether that's just going to stick around. I, I even just as soon as about 10 minutes ago saw on social media someone post a video link highlighting all of the human rights atrocities in, in Qatar saying no World Cup is worth all of this. So mm. there are there is a big anti-crowd out there. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, for me personally, when I watched that doco and saw it all laid out, um, how the bids were made for both Russia 2018 and Qatar 2022. At the time, the US uh, was vying for the World Cup, and I think someone in the documentary said, you know, there, there's a couple of key criteria if you're a FIFA looking at a World Cup venue. The first thing is stadiums. So you obviously have to have um, stadiums. The second one's infrastructure. So you're talking airports, mm. um, you know, um, hotels, bars, everything that would accommodate a World Cup. The third one is uh, you've got to have a big market, right? So you're not going to take the World Cup to the Philippines if, if the football market in the Philippines isn't very big. Um, and uh, the fifth, uh, the fourth one he actually said was a team that's actually half decent because you don't want your host nation who gets an automatic entry to, to be a very weak side. Well, Qatar doesn't fit any of those four criteria, <laughs> Kempi, in any way. There's so, obviously a fifth one. Yeah, how much money you've got. And that's obviously where the doco goes. But um, And that that's just the corruption side of it. But there are some pretty big human rights things going on there. Obviously, their particular culture and religion there is... Uh, is you know, has heavy rules around um, LGBTQ communities. Um, they've got a big uh, culture around no drinking, so they banned alcohol a couple of days, just a couple of days out, which shocked a lot of people. So, 
Yeah, so it's going to be interesting, Kempi, how much people can put to the side to in, for the name in the sake of football. Well, it's, well, what's really interesting is that when we actually start to get into the the crunch games, you know, like the bigger teams with the more recognisable profiles, and they start to actually make a stand because um, there'll be. I'm, I'm picking a lot of players that aren't happy with having to go to Qatar and play the World Cup. Um, and as we know, you know, they'll, they'll start to profile it. They'll start to profile on the field, lifting their tops up, showing some writing on shirts, yep. um, making signs, all sorts of taking knees and stuff like that. So for I don't think anyone's going to be able to get away from it. I think if you're watching the World Cup, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the World Cup just as a, as a sport. Mm-hmm. But I think you can't get away from probably the act, the act, um, activists coming out of the players when they've had a had enough, you know what I mean. So they, when you when you've got the biggest sporting event in the world playing, you've got billions of people looking at the yeah. tally. Yeah, it's too big of an opportunity for a player to miss. So I'm wondering who that player is. Who's yeah. the first player that's going to come out and make a statement? All eyes on them, which means we're also going to see a lot of even if there's small stories about you know arrests or controversy, that's going to get highlighted to the nth degree because there's so many reporters and so many TV networks and newspapers, etc., that are very heavily invested in the politics of it. Um, so that's going to be fascinating to see. Um, you reckon Brazil's your favourite, though, to, to take it out, the whole thing? Yeah, I do. I think uh, I think Brazil have probably, they look the best going into the, the competition. Through, Number one in the world, the, yeah. Um, through the tournaments and getting themselves there. Uh, world Cup's a different kettle of fish in it when it comes to them. Teams will, will be playing some really good um, football, but oh, I'm always, I've always been a, a, a Brazil sort of tragic. Uh, hopefully England can do it, do their country proud and get through. Um, yeah, most of the European teams are with a chance. Italy are going to be there or thereabouts again. So yeah, just remember Brazil, you know they were f- favourites going into. France have lost their best player. He's out for the tournament. Benzema, yeah, um, France. Uh, Brazil were favourites going into 2016 Home World Cup in Rio, and uh, we all remember what happened to them. Germany, seven mm. uh, one, I think the end score. Food poisoning, so. wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> Was well, Sally in the kitchen? Um, yeah, we're uh, hopefully going to catch up with Dylan Schmidt very shortly. He is a uh, world champion now uh, in the event of trampolining. Uh, he won a bronze medal in Tokyo. Uh, somewhat surprisingly, I think a lot of uh, Kiwis who weren't well versed in the world of trampolining. Didn't see that one coming. Um, he certainly thought it was in the months leading up to it. Now he's a world champion, so very much at the top of his sport. Uh, we will take a short break and hopefully catch up with Dylan Schmidt after that. You are listening to Izzy and Kimby for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. At the moment, it feels like there are an overwhelming number of young Kiwis doing us proud on the world stage. How good. Dylan Schmidt is one of those who made his name in Tokyo last year and has now gone on to top his game and become a world champ. That's right, another world champ, New Zealand's greatest trampolinist is on the line with us now from Sofia, where he proved himself to be the best amongst the tough field. Morning, Dylan, or should I say good good evening to you, mate. World champ, how good? Yeah, it feels pretty good, mate. Um, Yeah, it's uh, been a bit of a long time coming, I reckon. Yeah, mate, was this the best performance you've ever put together on a world stage, do you think? Yeah, I think it is. I think over over the week, um, yeah, I guess the way I sort of went through the rounds and, and, and played it out and, and just how solid my performances were, I think um, overall it was, yeah, definitely my, my best competition 
I've ever competed at. Dylan, uh, Sammy here, mate. We we spoke um, last year, an article we did for After the Whistle, well before the Olympics, and uh, I learned a lot about trampolining, which I didn't know. And I remember at the time asking you what your hopes for Tokyo were. You told me that you thought you were in for a medal shout, and a lot of Kiwis probably didn't even know you know who you were or about trampolining at all. But there you were uh, in Tokyo getting a bronze medal, mate, and now you're going one better at the World Champs, getting it done at 25 years of age, which, uh, which is very remarkable, mate. Do you feel like you're sort of starting to hit that peak or do you still have room to go? I think I've, I've definitely still got room to go, but I'm, I'm on my way to, I guess, being in my prime, as they say. Um, but, yeah, I think I've just sort of, yeah, you know, you definitely have had some disappointments this year and learned a lot from um, from them. And, 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 yeah, I guess just kind of getting that experience and that maturity and it's all sort of coming together now. So I'm um, looking forward to the next couple of years and then and, and obviously Paris. Hey, Dylan, what was it like being Alan Moranti, who's the reigning European champion? That must give you a lot of confidence. Yeah, he's a he's a good mate, good friend of mine, um, and yeah, an amazing athlete, and, and definitely can hit some hit some good scores. So he didn't put up his uh, his best work in the finals, but it's that's sport, and that's what happens. But yeah, happy for him to take the silver as well. Um, I think yeah, the the podium was. Was probably the the right people from the final were on the podium. Mm. Uh, a lot of people listening, uh, Dylan, will be um, you know not not too educated in the world of trampolining, and uh, it's one of those interesting sports where you you obviously train practice your routine leading up to it an event, and when you get there, it's just about executing it. It's not you know you're not sort of throwing things together on the day, are you? So this is something that you've been building towards. Uh, how far out from the world champs did you feel? At the at the best, your routine your routine was set. You knew you could go in and, and and potentially get a top spot. Yeah, it's definitely one of those sports where um, it all comes down to the moment. And um, yeah, it's definitely obviously physical, but but obviously hugely mental as well, like most sports. But but yeah, I think we had a pretty good fifteen week um, sort of sort of lead in, and I reckon potentially yeah, ten weeks into that, I was. Uh, I was feeling pretty good um, with how I was leading in and, and how my routines were, were feeling and, and how I was um, mentally at that, that point. So, yeah, it was it was uh, probably about, yeah, I'd say a month or two out, I knew I was going to be in with a good shout. And, uh, you know, the world of trampolining to score 60 in the final and be two points clear, uh, that's that's pretty impressive for a lot of people. It generally is a little bit closer than that, mate. So you really did dominate the field, didn't you? Yeah, I did... Um, I guess I did dominate that final a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, for a bit of perspective, I came third by point one in Tokyo. So mm. sometimes the margins are even smaller than that as well. So mm. yeah, really, really happy um, to put up a good score. Um, but yeah, I know there's there's other athletes out there that um, that can they can do um, similar scores. So I, I need to still keep pushing it and um, trying to trying to get get that score up. Hey Dylan, you obviously you let everyone know that you were in with a chance to win a medal um, last year, and then you've gone on to become world champ. You've got a, obviously a, a real good inkling of where your school levels at, and you're young to boot, mate. You know you're 25. The 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 Morantes and all that, the the world champs at 30. Do you expect to be holding this title for for a number of years? Oh, I'd hope so. I'm I'm definitely going to give it a good a good shot. You know. Um, I actually got told the other day, well, yesterday, um, I'm the first non-Chinese athlete to win world champs for the men's since 2007. So the Chinese wow. have been dominating since 2007. Um, and you yeah, definitely want to um, try and keep it away from them as, as long as I can. 
but you know we'll just uh, have to take it world champs by world champs and see how we go what's uh, what's next for you mate do you get a little bit of time off uh, now heading into a, into a kiwi summer you come back home and, and enjoy the sun or or yeah what's what's next on the cards for you oh, i'm definitely going to enjoy the sun i can't wait for summer it's um yeah been looking forward to it um definitely um have have a couple of beers with the mates and uh i'll still be training um you know next Next year's a huge year for me qualifying for, for Paris, so um, I'll be back into it. But, yeah, a bit of a break over Christmas and, um, and yeah, just enjoy, I guess, uh, enjoy the hard work that I've put in um, over the last few months and um, just celebrate and just keep ticking on with life. Hey, Dills, just before I let you go, mate, how awesome was it to see fellow Kiwi Bron- uh, Bronwyn Dib take out the women's double mini tramp, uh, mini tramp crown? Yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Yeah, honestly... Um, so good for her you know she's been knocking on the door for a while and for her to finally um, become world champion is amazing um and not only that you know maddie our um female olympian you know first female to make the world champs final um for individual trampolines so awesome effort from her campbell robertson finals for double mini and also regan you know 12th in the world for individual men you know he's the only guy to break the top 16 apart from me so um overall the team just performed outrageously um, good, you know, we had uh, our most successful uh, trampoline world championships for New Zealand um, in history. Um, so yeah, just just absolutely stoked to be a part of this team, and really, really proud of everyone. Yeah, no, the sport is in good hands, uh, Dylan, mate. If you if you were a star last year at Tokyo, mate, you were quickly turning into a superstar here. So we're all following your career very, very closely. Congratulations once again, mate. And we look forward to uh, to what you've got in store for 2023. Thanks for coming on. Awesome, no, no worries. Cheers, guys. The uh, Dylan Schmidt there, world yeah, champion good. in the trampoline. I just think that's fantastic. And it's honestly, it's a great sport to watch, um, Kempi. Just the moves, uh, it blows my mind how they can keep a track of where they're supposed to land. They've got a little square mm. there. They get extra points for landing as close to the square as they can. How they can keep that focus when they're doing triple backflips and somersaults and everything, it's, it's yeah. a remarkable sport. How good they are. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, we'll take a short break for news. Uh, thanks to Kubota Together, here we are shaping and building New Zealand. Breakfast 24 to 9. Great chat with Dylan Schmidt, boys. Really enjoyed that. You can catch it on the SCNZ app or on Spotify or wherever you catch your podcasts if you missed it. What a legend. And do you know who aren't legends this year, though, are the All Blacks? It's been a bit of. Oh, dear. <laughs> Is this the- <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Pretty <laughs> easy, oh, well, it, well, <laughs> the choice is Florian Pole, boys. I loved out the question. How would you grade this? How would you grade this All Black season? I gave it an E, but uh, <laughs> the options were A, B, C, a, B, D, C, e, or D, F. Yes, that's yeah. right, that's right. And most people voted for C, though. C one was sixty percent. Okay, so a C, and that can be either a C minus or a C plus. Can't yeah. it, Kempi? So uh, it's a pass, isn't it? It gets you the degree. But your parents aren't shouting you McDonald's because of it, are they? <laughs> oh, mate, if, you, if your kid gets a degree, you shout not only your kids, all his mates McDonald's as well. All right? No, but not, but not the, the, the C, though. Yeah, yeah I don't you care. You do. Okay, okay. No, care. yeah, it doesn't matter kids what they used to pile yeah, into my car, mate. Yeah. Let's jump, in, let's, let's jump in Noah's dad's car or Lena's dad's <laughs> car because they always knew I'd stop at McDonald's for them. <laughs> Uh, um, and a love racing update quickly, boys. Love racing. So, this is where you're, you're, you're not racing. a legend, eh, Joe? Because I'll give this update in racing. If anyone was listening on Friday, uh, so Joe came on, Joe Dirt came on and gave us a tip. Mm. 
Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge was paying $5 at the time, 80. It closed into $5.30. And guess what? It won. Really? It won. Wow. Did Joe back it? No. Of yeah. course he didn't. Guess what dum-dum didn't back it, eh? <laughs> this dum-dum. I, I can't believe it. I, You know, I've lost faith in myself. But actually, it do, like... I'm a terrible person. Who lobs out a tip on on radio, asks other people to follow it in, and then doesn't back it themselves? Joe. Joe. <laughs> Joey, Joey, Joey. So I absolutely deserve it. What was it paying it. again? 580 Five, when he gave uh, it. But, 580 at close of 530. Although I did follow the good old boys in on our Tristabelle, where they lobbed a couple hundred dollars onto that, got three grand back when it won at like $9.10. So a pretty good day for them. Loveracing.nz for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays, profiles, and more. But don't follow what I'm saying because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and a big shout-out to the Sheik Sharok, Alan Sharrock, who uh, won the won the group race at Pukikori on Darcy Labella. That was a good one. Plenty would have made plenty on that one. Just watching Lydia Coe here in the CME Group Tour Championship final round. She's leading at 16 under. Um, she's just missed the putt for par, so it was a long-range putt. Um, so she's going to have to putt for bogey. Um, Maguire, who's just in behind her on 15-under as well, also had a pretty bad shot off the tee, so she'll probably be looking to make either par or bogey. So it's going to really tighten up here. Can be Nordquist going for the putter from about 30 metres out off the green as well, but she's got it on, so she might she be putting on for par. She she's on a heater, on. so we'll keep a track of that one. Um, you might have to uh, keep updated on Smithy because uh, it's going to run into his show. Um, also, another update for you, uh, Wayne Smith has won uh, Coach of the Year at the 2022 World Rugby Awards, so congratulations to Wayne Smith for winning that. Um, women's 15s player of the year. I'm just seeing if these are nominations or whether or not these are winners. No, yeah, so nominations for women's 15s player of the year. We've got Rua Hay, DeMont, Portia Woodman, uh, women's 15s breakthrough player of the year. Ruby Tui has actually won that award. So Ruby Tui, uh, the winner of uh, women's 15s breakthrough player of the year. How good is that? Um, that's happening live at the moment. So those other awards um, we will bring to you uh, as they come through. I think... Uh, the men's breakthrough, I think it might be the men's breakthrough player they're naming shortly. Um, so we'll keep a track of that one as well. Right. I've got a very special quiz that I want Kempi to take um, oh, after the break. Go. Here we go. So, uh, I thought I was home. I thought I was home hosed then. Jeez, you t- just don't, just miss, one any, more just don't you. miss any just chance, one, do you? Just one more for you. I'm just watching. Is that Lydia now? No, it's somebody else. We will keep an eye on Lydia Cohen and keep you updated. Uh, so uh, we will take a short break. When we come back, I've got a very special quiz for Kempi to take. You can play along as well if you like. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yep, quarter to nine here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Uh, Smithy not far away and a whole bunch of live sports to update you on. So, uh, Phil, I know you're a big NFL fan. You don't like hearing the scores, so block your ears, my friend. Currently, Philadelphia against the Indianapolis Colts. And Philly, who are undefeated through eight games, lost last week to the Washington Commanders or Commanders. They are now losing 13-3, and I think we're in the uh, third quarter. So uh, Indianapolis doing a bit of a job here on Philly. And uh, Philly fans, who were so confident a week ago, they could lose two straight. Novak Djokovic playing Kasparud in the ATP Finals. And in fact, I think Djokovic has just won it. He's celebrating. So, yeah, turn your mic on, please, Tony. Uh, he's, just, he's just won it. So, That's uh, your dulcet tones, mate. Yeah, so he'll put you to sleep. So Novak Djokovic, the ATP champion, um, he is quickly rising back to the top of men's tennis now after 
Uh, all the restrictions have been lifted, and he'll be at the Aussie Open as well. So there he is celebrating on court. Then across we go uh, to the golf uh, to finish up with some golf. And uh, Lydia Ko and uh, Maguire, the, um, the Irish player, both bogeyed that last hole. So uh, Lydia is now 15 under, Maguire is 14 under, and they are teeing off on the 14th. So we will uh, yeah, we'll keep you updated on that throughout the morning. Um, so this quiz, I've got this quiz for Kempi that I want him to do. And it says, uh, "Am I allowed to call, call a friend?" No, no, no. It's just, it's just you. It's just genuine answers. There's no right or wrong here, Tony. What <laughs> rugby league position are you? Okay, because I mean? know. Well, I know, we all know what position you did play, but yep. we want to know what you should have played based on your personality. <laughs> so, uh, oh, is I'll, it a quiz? Or yeah, not? it's a little quiz. I'll oh, okay. ask you the first question. So, yep. first, question number one: A seven-foot man is running at full pace at you. What do you do? Tackle his waist, stand in his way, get out of the way, run back at him. The last one. Run back at him. So you're going towards him. Yeah. You're not backing down. All right. That's uh, question number one. Question number two. Would you rather kick to score points or run to score points? Run. Run it straight. Question number three. Would you rather run or tackle? Tackle. (laughs) I think I know where this is heading. Do you want to be the star of your team? No. Yes, no, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind. You don't mind? So you don't mind being the star if you have to be? Of course (laughs) Example as well. <laughs> how well out of eight can you kick? Now be honest, Tony Kemp. How well out of eight can you kick? A general play or kicking goals? Uh, let's say general play. Well, let's just say general kicking. Oh, seven. Which seven out of eight? Yeah. You back yourself. Oh, yeah. Ask any <laughs> go, coach. Go and watch the tape. How big are you out of eight? And what's how big's big? <laughs> I'm seven. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, you know Moses Leona, but but you're but you're a big guy. But for five eight, I'm seven. Okay, I'll go seven. Uh, next question: Are you <laughs> are you good at organising? Hundred percent, Joey. Can I get a confirmation on that from uh, uh, the regular breakfast group? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. good at organising. Yeah. I will tell you what, you're good at organising your contractors for your house up there at Kiriki. What's the name of your tiler again? Uh, Man who does your tiles. Asif. <laughs> He doesn't, he doesn't know his name. His name Here we go. Okay, that's the final question. So we're calculating your results. Interesting. Full, full back, they reckon. Full back. Yeah. You're the most skillful runner of the ball on the field. You know when to run, when to pass, and when to, king, uh, when to kick. You're the player your team can count on to win the match. There you nice. go, Kempi. That's actually quite amicable in the end. I was that's hoping nice. you'd get prop or something. But uh, Well, I did play fullback. I played fullback for both Newcastle and yeah. New Zealand. So yeah. it's a, spot on. Going right back to me, me junior we, days. We've got a couple of minutes here. Why don't I, why don't I do it? And uh, what position do you reckon I'd play if I played rugby league? Uh, you're a hooker because you're cheeky bugger. Okay, so should I answer these questions? I'll get you to answer these questions for me, eh? Yeah. Okay, so seven foot man is running at full pace at me. What do I do? Running away. (laughs) (laughs) Hundred miles an hour. Would I rather kick to score points or run to score points? Uh, Kick. (laughs) I I reckon I'd run, but no. Okay, I'll take the kick. Would I rather run or tackle? Run, definitely. Yeah, 100%. That's why I played wing and rugby. Uh, Do I want to be the star of the team? Yes, all the time. Okay. Uh, how well out of eight do you reckon I can kick? Played football. Oh, I'll give you six. Six? Um, how big am I out of eight? You're average. <laughs> I'll give you a four. Four? Oh, that's oh, that's generous for well, me. you didn't even do a push-up today. No, I did. I did ten for you in one well, break. Yeah, there's 90 to get through, so you've done ten. Well, so look, they, I, I didn't should get give told you I had to do a certain amount. So I just get, got told to do something. four. Take it at Am I good up. at organising? Yes, you are. Okay. Very organised. I'll give you top marks. All right, calculating results. What if I get fullback as well? What does that say? 
No, you'll get reserve bench player. I'm fullback, mate. I'm alongside you. We're battling. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, jostling. Oh. we're jostling for top spot. You'll be running away. Well, I'm the same foot bloke running at you. you it's Suwali v Tedesco. Uh, all right, we're going to take one more short break. Uh, Smithy, not too far away. He'll be coming up after nine, so we'll catch up with Smithy. After this, you're listening to Izzy and Kimby for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yep, we're not too far away from 9 o'clock, and that means that Smithy is coming up next. It's time to sleep on it. Thanks to Temper, they've got mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. Smithy, down the line, how are you? Yeah, morning, Sam. Morning, Kempe. Uh, yep, morning. pretty good, actually, morning. keeping a really close eye on uh, Lydia's progress. Yes. Boy, it's been a scruffy round of golf for both her and Leona Maguire. Uh, they've really brought the field back into it, so uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Kempe, what have you got playing off the laptop there, mate? you got, you got to put it on mute when you're going to open up new tabs. He hasn't quite learned that yet, uh, Smithy. He's still trying to work his microphone as well. Yeah, it looks a bit uh, it looks a bit windy out there as well. I saw in the last hole um, both Lydia and uh, Leona sort of struggled off the, off the tee. So, uh, yeah, very interesting uh, couple of holes coming up ahead. Uh, our question for you to sleep on uh, today, Smithy, we've been asking uh, the listeners all morning, uh, what your grade is? A, B, C, D, E or F on the All Blacks season for 2022. Okay. Uh, do you want me to think on it? Or yeah, think on it. On it. Nah, you on think it yeah, I'll you sleep on it tonight and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. give it to the boys in the morning. What, 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 what have you got coming up between 9 and 12, mate? Looking forward to it. Right, Jamie Wall, uh, just after 9 o'clock. Jamie, of course, our, our rugby writer. He's been uh, on the show uh, often on the panel. Uh, he's in England, so we'll catch up with him. Uh, we'll do a little qu- uh, cricket update just before 9.30. Uh, well, Jacob Spoonley's going to talk to us about the, the Wellington women's Phoenix team yesterday, playing in front of a record crowd but not going so good, uh, and the World Cup. Uh, we'll have a bit of talk back uh, after 10 o'clock, a panel with Aidan McLaughlin and Mark Hinton, and then after 11 o'clock, uh, Jimmy Smith, out of uh, SEN in Australia. Uh, he's covering for Vossi and Brandy Alexander at the moment. So uh, we'll talk to him about the rugby league over the weekend. Awesome. Very, uh, very packed show. Smithy, where do you sit on the uh, on the Football World Cup? Me and Kimby have been talking about it all morning. I watched the uh, FIFA Uncovered doco on Netflix, um, which gives you a very good um, sort of overarching view of, of the build-up to this uh, Qatar World Cup. And we were just sort of asking if you think the football's now just going to take precedence now that we've got kickoff and we're actually seeing players out there, whether that's just going to push the controversy to the side or whether whether or not it is just going to be a World Cup full of politics and controversy. Where do you sit on it? Well, I can't see it uh, being a World Cup that isn't full of controversy because uh, we've had so much going into it. Um, The human rights issue is is never going to go away. Uh, The fact that they've turned around and said you can't have beer all of a sudden as well. I mean, (laughs) a bunch of football fans not having a beer. That's why Kempe cancelled his flight. Right. You would never last there. That's right, Smithy. You're like me. We'd We'd never even go. Well, it's part of the. You can't take. I mean, it's part of the legacy of football World Cups. Is, yep. is that you, you just take it away? But FIFA must have known that when they gave it to them in the first place. Of course. So you know, oh, it's just crazy. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So let's just hope there's some great games of football coming up and in a hurry. Yeah, because I, it needs that. I, I agree, Smithy. I did like the the comments of I think it was uh, Tim Sharp or, or Sharp, who's a, a former Finnish international, who said, "Look, for 90 minutes, play your heart out, play for your country, support them, get in behind them. Outside of that, speak up." Uh, you know, let's bring these issues uh, to light. Uh, Smithy coming up after 9 o'clock. He's got a great show planned between then and 12 o'clock. He's got a lot of topics to crunch through. He'll keep you updated on Lydia Coe, who's just got three holes left to play in the CME Group Tour Championship. That's uh, me and Kempe 
done for a Monday. Thank is he God. back tomorrow? Thank God. <laughs> Bring He's got therapy after this uh, for an hour and a half. Hopefully it's all telling the issues. No, no, I've got golf lessons. Thanks for tuning in. News is up next. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91